This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Chris Klimazuski and our guest here, Mike Dawes. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you. Good to be back. And James Montefusco, our other co-host, will join us at 6 o'clock. He is currently working at Tillis. Now, James uh, has been a good part of the show for a while, and Chris, you are now a co-host as well. Congratulations. Thank you, Tom. Now, quick reminder, you can call in with your questions, thoughts, comments at our call-in number, 516-299-2030. You can follow us on Instagram at Review and Preview, and we are podcasting as well. You can subscribe to us. Just type in Review and Preview on the iTunes app on your phone, and we are on Facebook Live. Um, If you are friends with me, James, or Chris on Facebook, you'll be able to check us out. All right, guys. Uh, oh, and one other thing. We are now uh, linked through the MyWCWP stream. So basically what that means, the show is still on WCWPSports.org, but it is linked through the, the MyWCWP stream. So when you type us up online, WCWPSports.org, it will take you directly to us through MyWCWP, not WCWP Sports. All right, so... Guys, it is July 20th, which means the MLB trade deadline is rapidly approaching. couple, two big moves have already been made, and the All-Star game is adjourned. The All-Star break is over. You know, it was funny. I was checking this morning, and I'm like, all right, well, play resumes tonight, and there was actually a game played last night between the Cubs and the Cardinals. Cubs won that game 9-6, to so they get the first win of the second half of the 2018 MLB season, guys. All right, what's hot? What's new? And, Chris, we predicted this a while back. Manny Machado gets traded. Mm-hmm. But what we didn't know was that he would get traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And before I get to your thoughts on this, I don't know if you guys watched the All-Star game Tuesday night. I'm assuming you've had to. Uh, Machado was taking a selfie with Matt Kemp, uh, now his new teammate. So I found that kind of funny. I feel like he kind of knew. Like, it was already almost official at the All-Star game. And... Yeah, Machado was acquired by the Dodgers from the Orioles Wednesday for five prospects. Guys, what are your thoughts? I think that the Dodgers 110% won this trade. If you look at the uh, the players that the Dodgers um, gave up for Manny Machado, the, the the number one piece in that trade was their top their second top prospect, who was the number eighty like ninth overall in all of MLB. The rest of the guys are just having are old, are older guys in in Double A who really haven't proven anything yet and weren't even ranked in their system really. So the Yankee, I mean the Yankees, the the Dodgers won hundred and ten percent won this trade and they the Orioles. I don't even know what the Orioles were thinking trading for that. If I was the Orioles, I would have wanted uh, Diaz, the, who was their the catcher. And uh, Vertigo, the number, the, whoever the number one prospect yeah, was. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Him. I would have said those two guys and maybe another piece, and you can have Machado. I don't know what the Orioles were thinking. Yeah, yeah. but it's two-month rental. You're going to ask for all that? Right. His contract is up yeah. at the end of the season, so um, I like that term you used there, the two-month rental. Um, 
But one thing about Machado that we must bring up, while with the Orioles, he led them in batting average at 315, an impressive 24 home runs, 65 RBIs, uh, three and a half months into this campaign. Machado is what, 24, 25? I think he's 25, yeah. He's young. He, Very young. He, he's young. Uh, he's only a couple of years older than us here in the studio. And what's so pivotal about this trade is that the Dodgers are half a game ahead of the Diamondbacks. And now, with Seager out for the season, this is an excellent fill-in to their infield. They're doing what they need to do to get back to the World Series this year. And a healthy Justin Turner at third, Bellinger at first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think Kike plays second for the Dodgers. Or um, he's one of their reserves, I think. Trying to figure out who they are. I think Chris Taylor might be playing second. Chris base. Taylor's yeah, now, playing second. Well, they might put Chris Taylor in the outfield now. He's so versatile right. he plays anywhere. And so don't forget, sure. your backup infielders, if that's the case, Kike Hernandez and Chase Utley. Who we all happen to hate, but he's a very oh, definitely solid, hate Chase Utley. He's a solid player to have on your yeah. bench, especially a team that's going to go. You would imagine at least second round deep in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a it's 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 nice being the Dodgers, mm-hmm. it's all that money and stuff. But um, yeah, with that uh, Tommy John to Corey Seager, I mean Manny Machado, the perfect villain, right? Like possible, absolutely. Um, I like the move a lot. I know the Yankees, they were talking about him, but they didn't need Machado. I, you have so many righties in your lineup already. Why do you want Manny Machado? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, as as nice as Machado is to anyone's team in the league, I mean, he can fit on literally, put him on any team, and they're automatically better. Mm-hmm. But with the Yankees, they already have a shortstop and a second baseman and a third baseman. They don't need anyone else. Mm-hmm. The, the only place I could see that were happening if he did go to the Yankees was you put him at short, Move Glaber to third, put Didi at second, and then put a first baseman's mitt in Andujar's hand. Right. Yeah, but l- listen to all the things you just. Said. Yeah, I like, know exactly. They're, they're what twenty nine games over five hundred. It's just because Yankee fans they're spoiled. They want everything, so they're like, "Let me get Machado." But Andujar is doing perfectly fine. There is no need for this. Let's talk about the team that let Machado walk or let him go in the Orioles. Forty one games below five hundred. Uh, his replacement will be Tim Beckham. He'll be starting at shortstop tonight and leading off for the Orioles. I guarantee you, none of us in this room know who Tim Beckham is. Didn't he play second base for the White Sox like yeah, years, might have. Sox, yeah. years ago? So Chris <laughs> has good. somewhat of a, uh, re- a recollection there. Look, Machado, 26 years old, 6'3". He's a big guy. He's making $5 million this year, and he will be a free agent at the end of the season. But um, he will be starting for the Dodgers tonight. At short, and he'll either be hitting second or third, I'd assume. I don't know if the Dodgers lineup for tonight is out. We'll try to punch that up quick here on our. I mean, I can imagine he's bat- I, so I, I can imagine he's batting third. You probably have who? Oh, uh, I don't even know who could, who leads off in this on this I team. Think Chris Taylor. Not yeah, sure probably. Though. Yeah, probably Chris Taylor. Then probably Justin Turner in the two hole. Don't forget, you got Max Muncie as well. Max Muncie, yes. Muncie and, was just in the home run derby. And Kemp. And Bellinger. Now, he, now here's the thing with and Puig. with Machado being on the Dodgers now. We're s- people saying he's a rental, but I think he could sign back in the offseason. Oh, definitely. I th- I think the Dodgers are now a big contender in re-signing Machado in the offseason. Now, imagine you sign back Machado and you're, you're going to get Seager back. Yeah, then I imagine Seager goes to second or something. Probably, yeah. I mean, this is what the infield could look like next year. 
you might move Bellinger to the outfield because he can also play in the outfield. He's you know he can play left to right field. But you're looking at the infield. It could potentially be uh, Bellinger at first, Seager at second, Machado at short, and then Justin Turner at third. Uh, if I'm going to be honest here. I don't know what Justin Turner's contract situation is, but I think him or Seager or even Muncy may walk, um, in addition to Chase Utley, who's on the verge of being on the cover of Just for Men uh, with his hair. <laughs> Correct. So yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at his picture right now. Justin Turner's got two years <laughs> left on the on his contract. So he'll stay in L.A., and he's you know another guy that the Mets gave up. Wow, he's, he's making a ton of money yeah, next they, year. They, they Very paid him a couple years ago. Yeah. He's making $12 million this year, and then next year he's making nineteen. I mean, he's wow. Good. He's very clutch as well. I miss him. Folks, the other move made so far was the Brad Hand trade. One of the best relievers in baseball, one of the best closers. He had 24 saves that was tied for second in the National League amongst the top four in that category. Brad Hand was traded to the Cleveland Indians, and in exchange for Hand, the Padres get the Indians' top catching prospect in Francisco Mejia, who is supposed to be really good in a year or two from now, I've heard. Um, I think this is a good trade for both teams because clearly the Padres were not going anywhere this season. Even though they're in last place in the NLS, their record is better than what a lot of people may have thought. And the Indians need bullpen help. If you know, you watch their playoff series against the Yankees last year, they couldn't close out games. And the Yankees have such a powerful lineup. And if the Indians have any chance, they need a pitcher like Brad Hand, adding him to that bullpen that already has Andrew Miller. Yeah, exa- crazy. I mean, I was saw the stat. I saw the stat the other day. I th- the Indians are one of the worst. Have one of the worst bullpens in all of Major League Baseball. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure. That, I'm pretty sure they have the worst in the AL at least. And I don't like this move. For the Indians, I get what they were trying to do because they do need the bullpen help. But you just trade. But Brad Hand is not saving your bullpen right now. He's not. Right. I mean, you're not get. I don't think you're getting Andrew Miller back. Um, who Cody Allen stinks. So, that, that's just false. That's not a true statement. You don't. Cody Allen has like he's a had four, a bad couple two weeks to say he stinks. You know who stinks? A, uh, Anthony Swarzak. He stinks. He does stink. I mean, Cody we'll, Allen is great. We'll get into the Mets later, though. Yeah, but <laughs> so now they have two basically the same relievers who can go two to three innings and they throw gas and now add that to Cody Allen. I mean, I thought it was a great move because they they have to win now. So and the Indians have one of the best starting rotations in all oh, yeah. of baseball. Mm-hmm. You have Kluber. You have Carrasco. You have Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. All those strikeouts. Um, wasn't Bauer an All Star? Uh, he was. I believe so. That's I insane. Mean, yeah. Kluber. I don't think Carrasco was because he was hurt. hurt. Yeah. It was Kluber, Bauer, and Carrasco. That's your top three. And now you have Hand, Allen, and Miller in this bullpen. I know Allen, his ERA is about four six, four seven right now. It's a little high. But that, it's just one half of the season. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And, uh, you know, this Brad Hand addition, maybe it's not the best move, like Chris was saying, but... In Mike's counter-argument, this can take a lot of pressure off of Cody Allen, Mm -hmm. off of Andrew Miller, because Miller is being forced to go out there every night and close games and sometimes pitch more than one inning, which, you know, that's you don't want your closer doing that. Um, 
I, uh, I I think it was a good move for the Indians. That's just oh, me, yeah, though. I agree. I thought it was an even better move for the Padres. Well, yeah, they cashed in. Like, yeah, they ca- they cashed in on Brad Hand, and you got the best catching prospect in all of baseball. And the Padres need a catcher. I think he's going to start right away. Not start right away, but I mean, give it a he week. My Austin Hedges is pretty bad. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, I was going to say, give it a week or t- uh, give it a week or so to let him marinate in the San Diego, but. San Diego is on the up and coming. Uh, he, they have probably the best farm system in all of baseball right now. You have Tatis, Gore, and some other guy. I forgot his name. All in the top 15 prospects. Three guys in the top 15. You add Mejia to that. That's fantastic stuff. Plus, you already have Will Myers and Eric Hosmer on the team. And Manuel Morget. Margot. Manuel Margot. Margot. Good try, though. But this is why I thought the Indians completely needed this move. We saw how Frank Ona managed that bullpen uh, when they made the World Series. Everyone's going two, three innings. Mm-hmm. Now you added a guy who's elite at that. Yeah. Along right. with your other elite guy at that. Yeah. I thought it was a no-brainer. Um, other potential rumors, uh, JT Rail Muto may be on the move. Teams like the Nationals and the Astros are looking at him. Uh, Dozier from the Twins possibly to the Red Sox, and then pitchers like J.A. Happ, Cole Hamels, Duffy. Danny Duffy. Danny Duffy, who's had a pretty good season for Tampa Bay, uh, I believe. Royals, maybe? Royals. You're thinking of Matt Duffy. Matt Duffy, Matt, yes. There, there, Matt Duffy. There's more than one Duffy, Duffy in the Man. Major League. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Rail Muto, look – there's been talks about him being dealt even early on in the season when he came back from injury. He Again, he's a young guy on a struggling team in the Miami Marlins. Where does he go? I don't know. Maybe it's Houston. Maybe it's Washington. Maybe it's somewhere else. But if the Astros get Real Muto, man, it's hard to think they won't get back to the World Series this year. I mean, they're so good top to bottom. I mean, look what Bregman did the other night in the All-Star game and Springer back-to-back home runs. And they're young. They're young. And Altuve, my goodness. Uh, the Astros are going to do and fantastic. Look who their two catchers are, Evan, Gatt- Evan Gaddis and Brian McCann. Love Evan Gaddis. Two excellent catchers. I mean, McCann is on the older side now, but he's a veteran. He's still functional, yeah. And he has a good bat. Yeah. And Gaddis, he's fun to watch, I'll say. Oh, yeah. He's a baseball player. No batting gloves. Yeah. Love that. Grit. <laughs> Um, let's get to the all-star game here quick, guys. Um, the American League wins again. They beat the National League 8-6 to in extras in the 10th inning. And this game, a couple of highlights in this game. Um, what really impressed me was the amount of home runs that were hit in this game. Uh, it broke the record by four. Huh. The previous record was six. Um, and I believe that was done back in like the 50s or 60s. Ten home runs. Ten. And how many were solo shots? Yeah. <laughs> That's what's pretty impressive. Because yeah. you look at the score, it was only 8-6, to six, and you're like, ten home runs hit. Excellent point, Mike. Wow. You know, and it all got started in the second inning. Aaron Judge off of Mac. You know, it's so insane because the All-Star game is usually dominated by pitching. Yeah. Scherzer and DeGrom both gave up solo shots. Um but, you know, they were to Judge and Stanton. Uh, not Stanton. Trout. 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 
which is fine, you know. Arguably, you know, the t- two of the best home run hitters in the major leagues. You know, I was kind of hoping watching Degrom pitch against Trout. I'm like, oh yeah, he's gonna hopefully strike him out, strike out the best player in baseball. No, no, he takes us deep. But I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with that because it's Mike uh, Trout. The All Star game was the perfect sum up of what baseball is today. I believe there was 26 total strikeouts for both sides combined and 10 home runs. That is the definition of baseball mm-hmm. today. Strikeout, home, home run, strikeouts. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. I mean, you see people striking out. I mean, pitchers striking people out up to seven to seven plus strikeouts a game now, and you're seeing you're seeing people just destroy home runs like the Yankees. They broke what the record for the for home runs in the first half of the season. They did. Yeah. So I mean, Mike, you. Yeah. So they. You said it best. That's exactly what baseball is looking like right now, and the All Star Game proved it. Yeah. And Bryce Harper won the home run derby the other night. Boom. So, yeah, I know. Gross. At Nationals Park, it was probably appropriate that he won there. Uh, not he, a fan. Here, wait, speaking of the home run, <laughs> speaking of home run derby, I'm not a fan of the whole time thing. I like the outs better. I don't mind the time. Just get rid of the brackets. I want to see the best people. Like so, like say someone hits 18 home runs, but someone hits 16. The 16 guys out, no matter what anyone else does, and I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, That's I like a good point. I like the outs better because it's just like it's classic. Yeah, it's yeah. classic. Yeah. But, I mean, who am I? I'm not Rob Manfred, so. Confirm not Rob Manfred. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, And, by the way, shout out to Brian Marbach, a former host of Review and Preview, watching. Hey, Brian. Uh, Chris is here as well, Brian. And, look, my thing, you're, you're talking about the home run derby. Yeah, you know, Max Muncie, a lot of guys didn't want to be in it. You know, that was pretty weird too you know you saw a guy like max muncie who really just came onto the stage this year he was participating in it mm-hmm. pretty sure bellinger was in it as well uh but bryce harper takes home the crown i think bellinger was in it last year yeah he might have been yeah anyway though um yeah that's you know it, it's crazy uh this whole week and you know it was raining hard tuesday it was it was raining hard um oh yeah monsoon. so yeah a monsoon <laughs> and the uh but it was good enough to play in D.C. And the All-Star game, it started now. This is where debate gets a little interesting. Uh, Chris Sale starts his third straight All-Star game. Look, great pitcher for the Red Sox. Excellent. He's on my fantasy team. But what about Luis Severino? Ah, yeah. Leads the American League in wins, and uh, his numbers are better than Sale's. And you're pitching the Amer- in the American League, a league where hitting is just flat out better. Yeah. If you're not in Coors Field. I mean, True. I I mean, look, we're, we're, I mean, we're we're all Met fans here. We are. So we don't like the Yankees as it is, but yeah, I Tom, I agree with you. Severino should have been the starter in this game. I lo- I love Chris Sale and everything like that, but Severino has the stats. He's got the ERA and the sure strikeouts. Does. I mean, not, don't get us wrong. Sales a fantastic pitcher, right? Yeah, yeah, but Severino definitely should have been the starter. I think. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, but with that being said, Sales started his third straight All Star game, and this was a rematch of last year's starters, Chris Sale and Max Scherzer. Scherzer starting at home in front of his home park as Chris pulling out what? Are, what is that? Ta- uh, chicken nuggets. Taco. Huh? Oh, McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty hungry, so and... I got more work after this, so I don't have time to eat. <laughs> Um, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, Sale, Max Scherzer. Tuesday's start between Sale and Scherzer um, was the same start as last year, 2017. The last time that happened was 1930 and 1940. Good old days. Yeah, so pretty <laughs> crazy. 
Um, look, a couple things I didn't like about this All-Star game was, I mean, it's great to see the players mic'd up, but I feel like it was a little excessive, especially late in the game with Charlie Blackman. Oh, the Charlie Blackman, that was cringe. I didn't like it. He was no. like, he clearly did not want to be mic'd up. He stopped every time a pitch was thrown. You know, yeah. guys like Bryce Harper didn't care. He just kept talking because it's his ballpark. He's, yeah. fami- yeah. he's familiar with it. Francisco Lindor was just having fun. But when it, when it got to Blackman's turn, I mean, yeah, Blackman is a good personality, I think. Um, you know, talking about playing at Coors Field. But, man, let me tell you something. He did not look interested. It got to the point where the Fox announcers were a little awkward about it. And were like, all right, we'll let you go. You know, and they were teasing him and joking him out about how he's going to throw the ear, excuse me, the earpiece off, which he nearly did. Yeah. Because um, there was a home run hit. And then Blackman even tossed the comment saying, you know, you got. We've gone downhill since I've been talking to you guys. You know, I'm pretty sure there was a three-run homer hit <laughs> in the eighth inning or seventh or eighth inning of that game. Um, Sounds about right. Because there, there, there were so many home runs in that game. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I like the MLB players being mic'd up because you yeah. see it, you see it in the NBA and the NFL, and now you're seeing it introduced into the MLB, and I like it. You, you get funny commentary because they. They first showed it off in spring training. I remember Mookie Betts was playing right. That was great. That was so funny. The ball, the ball guy. They were literally talking to him as the ball got hit to him, and he was like, "Oh guy, I'll get this ball guy." Like, Boys, I ain't getting this one. It was so funny. <laughs> I retweeted it a million times. That, yeah, it was so funny that, and I lo- I love it too because you get that in game action. I don't know if it's gonna be an every game thing or they're just doing it for like 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 I said, spring training and the All Star game. But I think it's great. Anyone else find it funny how they were interviewing Bryce Harper? As Jacob Degrom was pitching, kind of like little trolling the Mets a little bit. Eh, a little bit. I mean, I found it funny how Harper. Um, you know, you're coming off a home derby win. I know you're having a down year, but you are you're arguably the best player in the National League. Uh, and then he passes a comment how Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. And if you don't think that, you're not watching. That's pretty strong words coming from probably, you know. On, in a good year, the second or third best player in in baseball, really. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, like yeah. you said, Har- I'd like to say I guess too. <laughs> yeah, I said I was like, you know what? No, I'm not giving me credit. No, Harper when he when Harper's on fire, he's ha- he's a top three player in the MLB. Yeah, but yeah, he's he said it right on the point. If you're not watch, if you don't think Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, you're you're clearly not watching it because. He's been the best player for the past. He's been arguably the best player for the past five to five to six years. Yeah, guess uh, Rob Manfred doesn't watch them. I don't care what he said. I do. Uh, yeah. He was an. Yeah, he's an idiot too. But I mean, Mike. Yeah, Mike Trout is hands down. Mike Trout's one of those players you don't really you see once in a blue moon. Okay, he's one of those generational players where he's like, wow, I would love to see when he comes into town. I want to see him play. I think the problem with it's not really a problem. It's a problem for people who don't like baseball and don't know who he is. He, as I've watched Mike Trout a lot, he never swings at the first pitch. He'll walk. He'll be top five in walks in the AL every single year. He's quote unquote boring to non baseball fans. I say quote unquote because he's not boring to yeah. me. But, and then Rod Manfred basically bashed him for not like doing home run derbies and all that stuff. But he, he doesn't need to do that. He's no. Mike Trout. Yeah. So. Um, absolutely. And, the last thing about the All-Star game, I'll say, is that Springer and Bregman, the back-to-back home runs, put the American League up 7-5 to off of Ross Stripling, and 10 home runs smashed. Honestly, 
besides the home runs, boring baseball, if you ask me. Personally, I don't like... Now that there's no um, stimulations for the game, like it doesn't count for home field advantage yeah. in the World Series, Like it really doesn't make a difference in watching. I liked it when it was like that, but I mean, like now it's just like, okay, this is just a regular like all-pro game or like, yeah. pro bowl or whatever. Yeah. So it's not... It's not that interesting to watch anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I get why they got rid of it because, like, say, like it's the say it's the Mets Yankees in the World Series, and the Mets have ninety two wins, and the Yankees have one hundred and seven. Yankees clearly deserve home field advantage. I get that, but if if NL wins the All Star game, they get home field advantage. Yeah, and how about two years ago, the Cubs would have had Game Seven in Wrigley yeah. if they did it that way. Yeah, and I know that it makes no sense to do it that way, but I liked it. I don't know. It, it, it made me yeah. I like that. Exactly. That's well, what I said. I li- I, I liked it too, but I mean now it's just and I get why they did it. A hundred percent get mm-hmm. it. But yeah, I don't know. Um, we're, like 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 I said, I'm not Rob, Rob Manfred, so I don't Correct. make these rules. <laughs> so with that being said, one half of the baseball season is over. And my final two questions to you guys in this segment are. Throughout the first half of the season, name the most surprising team and the most disappointing team. We will start with Chris. Uh, I would say right now, the most surprising team, Oakland Athletics. Because they're always, uh, you don't, you really never know what you're going to get with the A's when they come into the season because they always play the money ball game. They're always, they're always playing through their, their farm system, which is always fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they're playing good baseball. What are they like? Three games out of the first. They're like yeah, I th- they're, they're right around Seattle right now. Yeah, they're somewhere less than five games. No, no, eight games. Eight games. Okay, I was wait, but there's, well, I mean, the they're still over five hundred though. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're three games they're, back well, of the I, Mariners. I know they're over five hundred, and they're that's that's good for the A's any time of the season, and. Who knows? They could go on a break, and the, they could definitely they could do something where they can get it within like a couple games. And they're really good on the road. Well, I mean that ballpark. They had that obviously Oakland's a hitting team, and that ballpark three miles to left field. I think I think that's an accurate statement. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is going to be the problem for the A's. They're in a stacked American League where yeah. you know one of the wild card spots will for sure go to the Yankees or the Red Sox. Whoever doesn't win the division, and then the other somebody. Seattle or Oakland is going to be on the outside looking in. Yeah, come playoff time, one of them's not going to make it. And my mi- most disappointing team is the Mets, just because they started out with that that hot start. So it was just like, oh, okay, good. Met fans have things to worry about in September. Like, yep. oh, okay, good. We there we might have a chance this year. Nope, <laughs> right yep. downhill. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it went. We it was up, and we were like, yeah, we got this. <laughs> Fell right off the mountain. And we believed it because we're suckers. Yeah, we're suck- See, I like, and I we're said it before. Well, when I get when we get into the mental, layout, I'm just going to rip it because I knew it, Mike. I told you at the beginning of the season I didn't like this roster, and you laughed at me. You said, "Chris, look at this roster now. We're twelve and two. And I'm like, you know what? I ate my own words. No, I'm a genius. I don't care what anyone says. I was right, Mike. <laughs> All right. Well, those are some good answers. Not great. Not great. But the I'm gonna go NL team. It's gonna be a little weird because they they stink. But the most was it disappointing and the other one? Surprising. Surprising is the Cincinnati Reds. Ever since Jim, Jim Riggleman took over, I mean, they have, I believe they're like a little bit over 500, and yeah. that team is not good with the pitching. But they have bats just like Oakland, Oakland and uh, I don't know. I think they, they could be good in a couple years for sure. Could. And most disappointing, I think it's a no-brainer, Los Angeles Angels. I mean, they stink. 
they get Otani. <laughs> you get Otani, and then they're 49 and 48. I mean, wh- when are they going to win for Mike Trout? Exactly. And this is a different team than we saw last year, too. Last year, they were, they were in almost a playoff contention. Well, didn't they make yeah. the playoffs, actually? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember either. But anyway, they were close, and now they just go off like this, down the hill like this. It's just stinkola. Right. Yeah, me, best player in the game, just signed Otani, got Justin Upton, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer Albert Pujols, and you, that's, that's what they're doing. Not good. They, they don't have a starting rotation, that's why. Like everyone gets hurt. Yeah. Most surprising for me is the Phillies. Who knew they'd oh, be in first answer. place? Yeah, true. Really, with uh, Reese Hoskins really leading the way. Um, Herrera has been great um, pitching-wise. Aaron Noah, who made the All-Star game. Uh, the late addition of Jake Arrieta has, you know, somewhat helped out their rotation. They're the most surprising team for me. No, most... uh, wait, uh, to piggyback off that, Nola, I remember I saw an article or a statement he said the other day. He said he learned, he's learned so much from Arietta this year, and that's why he's doing so good. Good yeah. guy to learn from. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> most disappointing team, you guys know what it is, the Mets. Yeah. yeah I agree with Chris. I like your pick in the Angels, but when you start eleven and one, and you are twenty eight and fifty four since, you don't belong in the major leagues. That's On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will get to the New York Mets. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Here we go again. Common pass on this beat. I made it to a jam. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Chris Klimazuski and Mike Dawes. All right, guys, one segment down. The next segment, let's get to those awful, pitiful, disgusting, horrendous, you can use any word negative to describe them, New York Mets. Oh, no. They have a record of 39 and 55 halfway through this campaign. They are tied for last in the National League East with essentially a minor league team in the Miami Marlins. Uh, pretty embarrassing. Uh, they started 11 and one since they are 28 and 54. Let's analyze their first half of the season. The, f- the one thing I gotta say, did you guys watch that Mike Francesca video about Dom Smith hitting cleanup? Clean up! Yeah. I believe it was, he basically yelled that he has, like, very little RBIs, I think. He's got one RBI! <laughs> what is he, one of your premier RBI guys? He stinks. Sorry, I'm eating chicken nuggets, fans. He's got one RBI! One RBI. That's a one-man He's got man. 24 strikeouts and, like, 66 at-bats. Look, I understand why he's in the lineup, but one RBI. And not to mention, that one game they had Smith hitting cleanup, Dendecker was hitting sixth. Ooh, Matt Dendecker comes back, a huge resurrection <laughs> to his major league career. He's hitting two eighty six in the minors. Yeah, the Mets stink. I mean, Dom's, I, I, I'm giving up on Dom Smith. I think he, I mean, yeah, I get he's still young. Was he, 23, 24? I'm giving up on him. He's, I, he's shown me nothing. I gave up on him in that Arizona game where he tried to catch that ball and try to be flashy and, like, send it through his legs and then dropped it. Oh, my God. You want, oh. I mean, he's... He's just a bust. I mean, which sucks because all we heard is about Dominic Smith and Ahmed Rosario, and it looks like Dominic Smith is done. He got sent back down today for the Cespedes. 
move. Corresponding Don, move. And, and speaking of Cespedes, I like that he's taking first. But he's going to be playing first base. I think it suits him better. That way he doesn't have to keep aggravating this uh, hamstring injury he has or leg injury, whatever it is, in the outfield by keep running. He could stay put at second uh, at first base and mm-hmm. just relax while yeah, Conforto. That's yeah, great. And now he only now he only get hurt running the second instead of going for a fly ball. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. So yeah, it, 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 t- it takes less off of him. And I think it's good. I think it's just good. A great move, mm-hmm. especially when the Mets have zero production from first base. Yeah. Oh, I, I completely agree with you. I actually didn't know Dom Smith got sent down until you brought that up. Um, yeah. Very happy. Actually, okay. Yeah, and they they did it today. They did it today. They options Corey Oswalt. Thank goodness. Ugh. They sent Dom Smith down. They actually sent PJ Conlon down last week. And Drew Smith has been recalled. Hmm. Sounds like a, the most generic name ever. Um, look, the deadline's coming up, and before we get to that, about AAA, their tr- their AAA team in Vegas, it's moving to Syracuse next year, which is a very good thing because good. when you have your AAA team on the other side of the country, Vargas goes down, gets hurt. You don't have a starter the next day. Chris Flexen has to take four flights back. Just to lose the game in the eleventh inning, what were you thinking? Yeah, and uh, didn't Jerry Blevins start that game? He did. I was at that it. game. They didn't yeah. announce it till like eleven a.m. First two hitters, Internet. two home runs. <laughs> Jerry Blevins, people, thirty-three years old, starting a game. Wow, you know, this team is embarrassing. Uh, Degrom has the lowest ERA in baseball by nearly seventy points. Seventy. Stinks. I mean, not stinks, but I mean, it's it, no. This is what I wanted to say. It stinks that the Mets can't help him out. No, like he has what fourteen starts, five wins. Yeah, five and four is his record with he a was, one ERA. Keep in mind, he was the second pitcher in the who played in the All Star game. I mean, if that uh, game is anywhere else, he starts. Yeah. Because I, he said earlier in the week that he really wanted to start. I mean, you got to go to Scherzer there, I understand. Yeah, right. It was the same thing with Harvey when mm-hmm. uh, Oh yeah, when, when the Mets had it at City Field uh, years ago. Yeah. That was great. About well, this team, who will go, who will stay? You know the Mets will likely be sellers at the deadline. Uh, let's go down the, the list and see who we think will stay and who will go. The first guy I have on our list is J. Roos Familia. Stay or go. See ya. Yeah, he, he's going. See you later. He's gone. And he'll go to a team that needs a setup, man. Because he can, for sure won't be a closer on anyone's team. And I mean, maybe if he gets sent to the Astros. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe the Astros. But yeah. mm. I, I can see the Astros pulling for him. You know, send us like a couple of, I don't know, guys. I can know. see the Astros being it on Zach Britton. But, uh. Fam- we'll and, talk about Familia. Yeah. I know, so like they wouldn't trade for Philly to trade for Britain. Oh, okay, okay. But the problem with all these Mets guys that they are willing to trade, they're not going to get a whole, like they're not going to get much back for Familia, right? Yeah, no, that's the value is what may potentially keep Familia in New York, which is something to consider. Um, so we all agree on that. This guy I didn't have on the list, but I'm just going to throw him in right now. Wilmer Flores, stay or go? And I think this one might be a little mixed opinion here. Mm. It's tough because he does have value. I'm not not a lot of value, but he has some value. He's versatile on the field. He'll hit. He can hit you the home run. He's very clutch. Very, very clutch. Very very clutch. So um, 
I think he stays. Mm-hmm. I think he stays because you saw it uh, three years ago when the Mets almost traded him for um, Carlos Gomez. Gomez. Carlos Gomez, Yikes. yeah, and he was literally crying. He loves he loves he, he loves being here. He loves playing in New York. He loves the blue and orange. So yeah. I think he stays. I also believe he stays because again, what are, what are they getting for Flores at that point? Just keep him there, get him regular at bats the entire rest of the second half. Mm-hmm. And see what's up. Maybe he turns to like a Justin Turner because as soon as he got regular at bats, turned to an All Star. So I we'll think. See. I think Wilmer will stay as well. Uh, Estrubel Cabrera, I think he's yeah. gone. Yeah, he'll he'll get traded for sure. He'll yeah he'll be gone. To, if you if you ask me at the beginning of the season, I don't think he would. But he's having a good season, and yeah, I think he will be gone. Todd Frazier, I think he'll stay because that's two years. I think at. I want to say like twelve million ish a mm-hmm. year. I don't think that's anyone's going to trade for him, and he's hitting like two, I don't even two know. twenty. Yeah, I was going to guess two ten, so I was <laughs> <laughs> killing him more. Now, see, here's the thing with, and I'm pretty sure you have probably Jay Bruce on your list as well. I think if the Mets were to ever, if they trade Degrom or Syndergaard, I think it's going to be a package deal with Frazier or uh, Bruce, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Most likely Bruce, but I mean. I can see either or going with, in a package deal just to get those contracts out of here. So I say no for Todd Frazier. Um, I'll, say, I'll, I'll say if if Degrom is going, so is one, so is Frazier. Okay. Jay Jay Bruce. Same thing. The same thing with Frazier. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if Degrom or Syndergaard's going, so is Bruce. I don't even think Bruce is movable unless you, you go here. You want Degrom, you have to take. Jay that's Bruce. what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. That, no, that will hurt your return back, and I don't even know if they should do that. At that point, yeah, I mean, because no one what he's getting paid three years, nine, yeah. yeah, thirteen a year, thirteen a year, Ugh. injured, stinks, and yeah, yeah. yep. <laughs> uh, it's a no for me for Jay Bruce. Let's move on. Noah Syndergaard, I say no. I say no because yes, he does have tremendous value. He's one of the best pitchers in the league. He's back from injury. He's five and one. He's gotten his ERA back under three. I don't think he's going anywhere because I think the Mets will trade a different pitcher that is not named Jacob DeGrom or Noah Syndergaard. I say he stays, too, just because he's fantastic. You can control him. You still have control over him for, like, three three, three years. Right. Yep. He's a great—when he's healthy, he's a top top ten pitcher in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you can't you just can't get rid of him. And I don't think he's going to get traded just because, I mean, you know, what happened with Sandy, he stepped down. So it's a three-headed right. monster, yeah, yeah. air quotes on monster, at GM. And I don't think they they should trade him. If we don't have an established GM, why should they trade the crown jewel? Yeah. That goes to the ground, too. The Long Island native, Stephen Metz. He's gone. He's gone just because, hear me out, he's a lefty which is very, very uh, valuable in baseball. And he's pitching good. Right. He has, like, when he when Matt's is healthy, and he's shown he has been healthy this whole year, he's very good. He's well, He has a, just just over three right. ERA. Mm-hmm. He has a couple of wins, but, I mean, like, you can't really buy wins on the Mets. Um, he has, he has a, he's good strikeouts, great whip. So I mean, I think you have value in this guy who need, uh, for a team that needs a lefty in their in their rotation. Well, I don't think they should trade Mats because 
this Mets team, it's not going to be a rebuild. They, they have so many old players. It's going to be a quick bandage fix, and next year you would love a guy like Mats in your rotation along with the other guys. So I think because they, they're going to have to go to bandage route, I think they should mm-hmm. keep him. Um, to be completely honest, Var- Vargas isn't coming back next year, and you always want a lefty in your rotation. Mm-hmm. I don't think Vargas is coming back. I think they're going to do something with him this offseason. I think Matt's is going to stay because you want to keep a lefty in the rotation, yep. and there's not many good lefties. There's there's a lot more good righties than good lefties in baseball is what I meant to say. Yeah. And for that reason, I think Matt's will stay. Um, however, the next guy on my list, Zach Wheeler, I think will go because I think on a good day, Zach Wheeler um, has a higher ceiling um, than Steven Matz. I think Zach Wheeler is also a better pitcher than Steven Matz. I think Matz being a lefty is what his value really stands. Wheeler is his his again. He's not his record. He's not his record. He's better. I think he's maybe he's three and six, three and five or something. But Zach Wheeler, you, you, you can't even count wins. I mean, because Degrom has five. Right. So. I think Zach Wheeler can be a solid number three, number four pitcher for a team. Um, a lot of people are saying he's no better than a five starter. I think he is. I think he is. Too I well. think he's mm-hmm. better than that. Um, I mean, I think teams are going to want a guy like Zach Wheeler. I say the Mets keep Wheeler because I'd love he, to see him do it. I yeah, exactly. I mean, I really hope they do keep this whole rotation, honestly, because now that Mickey Calloway's finally getting to work with these guys, he's working with Degrom. Mm-hmm. This is Degrom's best season he's ever had, and right. Mickey Calloway comes in. Syndergaard is going to have a great year, I think. Yeah. Mats is finally playing up to Mats' potential. And Wheeler is play, has been playing great this pa- these past couple months. Yeah, and I think you give Mickey Callaway a full year with these guys, plus another off season with them. These guys will again. The Mets will be. They'll, they'll, the question will be, oh, can the Mets do it this year again with their amazing rotation? Right. Um, yeah, I think Wheeler's gone, but I want him to stay. Yeah. Um, well, the pitching market at the trade deadline will not be all that great mm-hmm. so i i would personally keep wheeler but if it gets into a bidding war because there's again not many arms out there and teams are like bidding against each other to get them yeah, yeah. then get max value do it mm-hmm. but i would i would stand put with him facebook message us in the comments section who do you think will be traded who do you think will stay um let's get to again our final guy here on the list jacob the uh he's staying but if you had to guess, if one of them had to go between Degrom and Syndergaard, Degrom would go before Syndergaard because he's older. He just turned thirty, and he can help out a contending team. But if you're the Mets, you're not trading the best pitcher in the National League. Here, here's my hot take on this. I've been really thinking about this the past two days, and the Mets could literally rebuild their team with just this just one trade. I know it would never happen in the world, but you trade Degrom to the Yankees. You get you get back Andujar, Frazier, Sheffield, and another guy. I want Florial too. I mean, yeah, say Florial too. Say well, those. But is is that worth helping the Yankees in any way? Mm-hmm. But see, but now look now look at it this way. You get those four guys. Sheffield's going to be in the uh, on the roster in the next year within in 2019. Frazier going to be the starting center fielder. Frazier would get called up first, second. Exactly. Andujar plays third. Now here's the thing. Who's the biggest free agent next year that's not named Bryce Harper? Daniel Murphy. No. 
Well, I mean, Manny Machado. Over Murphy? But, well, Manny Machado. Uh, the, Met, you, the Mets go out and sign Manny. I know it's really far-fetched, but they go out and sign Manny Machado. You ha- and now look at that infield. Andujar at third, Machado at short, Rosario at, at second, Cespedes at first, le- left field is Conforto, center fielder Frazier, and then right fielder Nimmo. That's an easy rebuild by just trading Jacob Degrom and signing Manny Machado. Right, I, but it it, it so won't it, it won't happen. I know it's something that won't happen. But I mean, it's 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 it, 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 it's, it's like it's nice to think about these you things. Just it is nice to dream. Spend money. That's pretty uh, funny. So I have Degrom. No, you have Degrom. No, as well, right? Or you? Think I have. I, I think. Going? I think he's going. Mike, I really. I oh, there's no way. I I really hope not. But we have 30 seconds left in the segment, Mike. Um, well, you see the returns that these ace starting pitchers have gotten for it. Yeah. I mean, look what the Red Sox, uh, the Red Sox gave up for sale. I mean, Yohan Moncada is pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see about Kopech and all that, but I mean, you don't get a good return like you think mm-hmm. for these starting pitchers. I say absolutely not. Do not do it. It'd be a bad move. Good news for the Mets, guys. Um, TJ Rivera is rehabbing. Syndergaard is back. Cespedes is back. Guys, there is help on the way, and it translates into tonight. Um, who knows? You could see a Tim Tebow or Peter Alonzo come up come September. I think Tebow's for sure coming up. I think he is, too, just to get people in the stands. Yeah. I mean, because when it, when it comes down to September, no one's going to be in the stands watching the Mets because it's going to be garbage. Honestly, I wouldn't. I would buy a ticket to see Tim Tebow just because I would, it's just like, hey, it's Tim Tebow. I I said this the I other agree. day. I said this the other day too that. because it's it's just like when Jordan played baseball. Yeah. You wouldn't want no matter how bad Michael Jordan was at baseball, you wouldn't want to go see Michael Jordan play baseball. Yeah. Uh, no, because train tickets and game tickets, no thanks. Well, if you lived in Chicago, I'm saying. Well, I can't even. No, you're wrong. I I would see Tim Tebow. Think it's gonna good. be like five dollars anyway. Look, so there's decent stuff happening. You know, Conlon goes down, Dom Smith goes down. It's all great, um, but you have Cespedes back. Uh, is he playing first tonight? Is that is is, is that a thing? I believe he is. Well, hold on. Aren't they in the Yankee Stadium? I'd imagine he's DH. They are. Um, I'd imagine that too. And the lineup card is actually out. So the lineup tonight for. Um, the Yankees, it's Gardner leading off, Judge DHing, Didi is third, Stanton is fourth and right, Hicks is fifth, Sanchez back from the DL is sixth, Greg Bird seventh, um, and Duhar eighth, and then Neil Walker ninth. For the Mets, it's Nimmo leading off, Cespedes in the number two hole is the DH, Estrubal Cabrera will be playing second, number three, Wilmer Flores is hitting cleanup, first base, Conforto fifth, Batista playing third, Sixth, Mesoraco, seventh, Rosario, eighth. Get this, Dendecker in center field, ninth. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Comparing those two lineups, the number nine hitter for the Yankees would be hitting cleanup for the Mets. You know know what this looks like? This looks like if the older brother's team got all of his friends together— and just picking on his little brother. That's like what it the is. Little giants. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's all these big, like seventeen-year-old kids going against these five-year-olds. Yeah. This is what this team looks like. Yeah, <laughs> I and, agree. Uh, Jose Batista. I mean, I, I I laughed out loud when they signed him. I was like, oh, it's gonna be a two-week thing. He's been one of their better players, which is so sad. Yeah, it's like so sad. Really has. Uh, 
look, we'll see what happens tonight. Starts at seven. The uh, Syndergaard five and one, two point nine seven ERA. We'll go against Domingo German two and five, five point five ERA advantage. Mets pitching wise. I you can make the argument that the Mets have the pitching advantage in every game in the series. They do. Yeah, clearly. So, and that's saying something for the Yankees as well. I mean, we can get to that in the Yankees segment, but yeah, yeah. if this is the best pitching matchup you're going to see, and this is the Mets too, the Mets are arguably the worst team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And the only you have, they have, it's going to be exciting to see what the Yankees can do against this pitching. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll do fine. I agree. <laughs> uh, last thing, Saturday, Mets versus Gray. Advantage Mets for the first like four innings, slightly. Yeah. Sunday Tanaka versus the Grom. Advantage Mets. Mets. Yeah, definitely. So a clean sweep. But again, this is Yankee Stadium, and the Grom does not have a good history pitching at Yankee Stadium. So we will find out more on Sunday. Uh, any final thoughts on the Mets and what we may expect in the second half of the season? Um. I mean, let's just let's just have good vibes. I just want yeah, good like have fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, how about Mickey Callaway? Like, you don't embarrass yourself, like in the grand stage, like once, please. And uh, Cespedes, just you know, don't get hurt. Here's a hot take we didn't mention too, oh, no. and an- another hot take for me. Trade Michael Conforto for what? You're gonna trade him at his worst peak value. He still has value in him because he's young and he can still. And when he when he's playing good, he can tear the cover off the ball. When has he played good last? Like the World Series in 2015? Last year. Okay. Well, well, what are you gonna you're gonna get him for a, a bag of magic beans? <laughs> the Mets could use those magic beans right now. Like, probably could, you know. Look, uh, yeah, it, it's really interesting. This Mets team, not in a good way, <laughs> but. If we want to look at Conforto's numbers quickly, we will. He is hitting 216. Hey, 11 get? homers, 30 ribbies. Um, in 60, and how many games has he played this season? Probably like 60, maybe. He's yes. played. Uh, he's played 85 games. That's those. Are, yikes! You're hitting 216 over 85 games. Conforto has a career batting average of 246. What value does that have at the deadline? None. I, That's why it was a bad point by Chris. I mean, but I'm saying <laughs> you have there's the only value you can make, you, the only argument you can make for Conforto is that he's still young. He was an all-star last year, and he played great his rookie year when he came up. That was like three years ago. But and, he yeah. can't handle the pressure of being the star in New York. I see. No, here's the thing with Conforto. When guys are hurt. Where okay, I'll ask you guys both this question. Last year, when Michael Conforto was playing, when uh, he made the All Star game and was tearing and playing fantastic uh, hitting, wh- where was he batting in the lineup? Lead off. Why hasn't he done that yet this year? Nimmo. Oh yeah, Nimmo. I mean, on base. Machine. Nimmo should be hitting third. I think. I think Nimmo Real- should be hitting second. I would keep Nimmo second or one. third. Yeah. He, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's on play- base. I mean, so yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, don't, don't uh, fix it if it ain't broke. But I mean, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. What's but up, it, number ninety-one? But Conforto would, was literally an all-star from batting leadoff. He would hit home run. He would hit so many home runs just batting leadoff, and he got he. I'm looking at the stats right now. He had 27 home runs before the All-Star break last year. And that was before he was injured. Yeah. 
No, he got injured before the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. He had 27? That's what it says right here, 27 home runs. Yeah. Before the All-Star break. Um, well, maybe a couple games after the All-Star break, okay. but still, he still had 27. Well, I, w- I would argue Nimmo's been better in a leadoff spot than Conforto was. Just the, the on-base. Nimmo kind of reminds me, and now I'm not saying production-wise or his yeah. game, but they're getting solo shots out of him. Doesn't that remind you of Curtis Granderson from a year or two mm-hmm. ago? Bit. You also know, lead off. I don't know if that's what the Mets want. I'd rather see that happening with runners on base. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's why I think the three spot might be a better spot than the two. But you could also make the argument that, again, you can't really compare because Judge is hitting in the American League where the pitcher is not hitting ninth. It's true. You know what I'm saying? So we'll get more to that on that note. We're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk New York Yankees baseball. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Chris Klimazewski to my right, Mike Dawes on my left, who was kind of out of the camera shot there. You can, hey, he's waving uh, his hand there hand. in the shot. Uh, remember, you can listen to our show tonight on WCWPSports.org. You can call in with your questions, thoughts, comments at our call in number 516 299 We're almost at the top of the hour. Uh, let's... You want to get our team of the week out of the way first, and then we'll talk some Yankees baseball? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll do that. We'll switch it up on you guys a little bit. Uh, team of the week is a segment we do at the top of the hour. Um, let's get to it. And, Chris, um, if you're ready, I'll start with you. I'll, yeah, I'll start it off. I'll say my team of the week is the the Dodgers, easily, 100%. I think they did, again, like we said earlier in the show, they did it I, They did it and ran. Like, they literally stole. Who did I, it and ran? <laughs> I really think the the Dodgers stole Machado from yeah. the Orioles. I mean, I don't. I mean, stacked. You traded a bunch of guys in your in your minor league system who really don't mean it, have any real value. They lost no piece to their current team. Exactly, and, exactly, and they None. didn't. They didn't lose any any big players. They lost their number two's prospect. Ooh, who's ranked number? Who's that's, that's big. But yeah. he's ranked I mean, eight, he's ranked eighty ninth in all of baseball. But everyone's most of the guys in LA are young. If you're not talking about yeah. Kershaw or Turner, and the, and and if the Dodgers do do good, they could sign. They really could sign him back. I think they're going back to the World Series if this trade falls in. Yeah, exactly. You so, just don't. Again, you don't want to be a wild card team in the National League. You you don't. Um, look, the Diamondbacks dealt with that pressure last year and they won, but you know a team like the Dodgers, maybe they can get a little complacent knowing that they have Machado. They need to win this division. They, they, they need to. Excellent choice for your team of the week. Mike? Well, I was not made aware of this segment, but <laughs> I, would, I would just say the Red Sox. They, they won't stop winning. That, that's my uh, team of the week. I didn't do any. I don't know. I didn't look anything up. But Red Sox. On that note, we're going to gear off of baseball a little bit. And my team of the week is France. France wins the World Cup. Uh, congratulations. The first time they've won the World Cup since 2002. I remember watching Andre playing him in FIFA a little bit. France beats Croatia 4-2. to two. I'm going to be honest, didn't watch the game. <laughs> I didn't watch a single 
World Cup game. I watched so. the first half of the World Cup, the the final game, and that was it. That was all the soccer I could take. You know, because I don't I don't watch soccer, but the, and you know, con- con- congratulations to France. Don't know. let Greg Vavernick hear that. I you don't, know, Greg. I hope you all. I don't like soccer. End of story. Full blooded American. <laughs> yeah, France. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. I mean, I'm no idea. The, the, I, all, all I know I can't is the, name. I can name one player on their team. Griezmann. Oh, Gri. I was going to say the um, the Mbop guy. Umbop. Oh um-bop. yeah, I saw him on Instagram. Mbop. Um, yeah. yeah, that's so all. That's, that's all I know. I was talking soccer. <laughs> <laughs> that's my team of the week. Uh, it is now the top of the hour, six o'clock. Technically five fifty-nine, but we will advance from our team of the week segment. And we will get to the New York Yankees, guys. All right. So the Yankees, their first half went extremely well. After starting out 8-8, eight and eight, they are now 62-33. and 33, But they are now falling off from Boston a little bit. They are now four and a half games back of the Red Sox, which is concerning. It's not really the Yankees digressing in play. just that Boston can't lose. They can't yeah. lose. Isn't it amazing, Yankees... 29 games over 500 my math is correct and they are almost five games out yeah i mean that's amazing there might be two teams with 100 no i can say 110 but definitely 100 plus wins in the al east one of them is going to get 110 i I would imagine and you know what the sad thing is too one of those teams is probably going to be in the wild card game and if they get knocked out it's going to be Big yeah, controversial. I don't want yeah. it because I love the one wild card game. Cause so do I. Because win your division. That's what you got to do. Win and you're in. Exactly. Yep. Winner go home. That's it. Um, look, Yankees have had a great season. Gleyber Torres has been phenomenal. A consistent number nine hitter who's hit like 14, 15 dingers. Miguel Duhar, who was the previous, uh, this month's American League Rookie of the Month. He's been incredible. I think he's been just as good as Torres, if not better. Um, even though Gleyber Torres was an all-star, he didn't play. Um, though there's been some confusion um, in news about the Yankees, and Brett Gardner has been along the lines of one of them. It was about, I think it was about three weeks or a month ago, Gardner was fined uh, $3,500 by the league for taking too long, too much time to get into the batter's box. He retaliated with that. He was not happy about how pitchers take too long to throw a pitch. So, you know, Gardner may be taking a couple of seconds too long. I mean, Gardner's a leadoff hitter. He's excited to get to the batter's box and lead off the game. I don't think there's any, like, harmful intent in that matter or action of him taking too long. You know, I was going to bring this up on the show two weeks ago, but personally, I don't like it. He's a hard-nosed player. I think he plays the game well, and he plays the game right. Yeah, I mean, there's... I don't see any problem in that. And you don't see much of that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of a dead issue at this point, but I figured I'd bring it up. I was a little annoyed by it. Um, Now, Trapped, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Yankees as a team, though, I mean, we talked about Torres and Duhar, but Judge, Stanton, Hicks. Hicks. Hicks is killing it. Hicks has been phenomenal. It won't be. uh, It won't surprise me if he gets traded. Hmm. Traded? Why? I mean, I mean, he has tons of value right now. Yeah. The Yankees, they love Hicks. I don't think they'll ever do that. I don't think they. But I mean, it won't. I won't be surprised if they do, just because he has uh, tons of value right now. He's a great center fielder, and the Yankees can put um, Els not Ellsbury, 
uh, Gardner and Frazier in center field. Yeah. So they don't. Well, Hicks is better. Hicks, I think, if they didn't have Gardner and he wasn't so tied with the Yankees, I think he would have been traded a while ago. And then Hicks, he's the perfect leadoff guy. He's got pop. He could. Well, you can't trade Gardner now because well, he's a lefty and yeah. they don't have any lefties in their lineup other than Greg Bird. I agree with that. Aaron Hicks. Well, switch hitter. He's a switch hitter? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, game. <laughs> Another thing about the Yankees, though, is they're on the verge of breaking a home run record for most home runs by a team in a season. That record was set back in 1997 by the Seattle Mariners. They hit 264 home runs as a team. Halfway through the season, the Yankees hit 161 home runs. That's through 91 games. So they're going to demolish this they record next week? Are, yeah, yeah. You know, at the at this rate, it'll be done by the end of August, September at this rate. Um, you know, it's pretty insane that they're only 103 home runs away from, you know, tying such a record. So, And, look, you got Gary Sanchez coming back, too, a guy who yeah. can hit home runs off the DL tonight. Uh, Speaking of home runs, we talked about earlier, a lot of home runs hit in the All-Star game this year tend to be exact. That was also a record crushed. Aaron Judge let it off, hit the first home run of the game off of Max Scherzer in the second inning. That was actually the first All-Star game home run by any Yankee since 2003. And without looking at your script, name that Yankee in 2003 who hit the home run. Oh, this is exciting. Um... I'm not even on the right page. So I'm just going to look at my script because I'm not even on the right page. Um, wow. I want to say, like, Jason Giambi? Correct. You were correct. And I didn't even look. I don't like reading, so I didn't read any of that. <laughs> the home run was off of Billy Wagner. Oh, love Billy Wagner. Bring the heat, Mr. Lefty. Lefty, lefty. <laughs> Billy Wagner was the man who... Gave up that home run to Giambi. 2003. That was 15 years ago. That's the last time a Yankee hit a home run in an All-Star game. It just goes to show how dominant the pitching has been, especially in the National League. And this year, it was the complete opposite of that. The dominant pitching in the National League was blown up. Is this a change in game style or play? Or was it just luck that all these players were hot and they hit home runs? I mean, we've mentioned it before on this show. And it's been a big thing in MLB around for the past couple of years now. It's the it's the I think it's just the way the ball is made now. I mean, it's, it's what, true. It's a different ball from the minors and the majors, and the ball in the majors goes farther. I, yeah. I didn't know that actually. Yeah, that's in this podcast they talk about all the time because minor league numbers, fantasy, and Larry Severino caught George's home run in the bullpen. I thought that was really cool. He was like, I got it. I was like, wow. That was Severino? Yeah, yeah. It that was, was a catcher. Cool. Well, you know, you got to open your eyes once in a while. I did open my eyes, okay, Mike. We'll, we'll see. But, yeah, no, it's the – I don't think it's just the change in, the, like, how players are doing anything. It's just – I think it's just the ball and how it on how it's made and everything like that. Yeah. What is it? Was it the stitching they did? Probably. They, I mean, I'm not – And you're seeing it because they, people are getting way more strikeouts and people are hitting a lot more home runs. And so, I bet Manfred's happy about that. A hundred percent because people are tuning in. They want to see – they exactly. want to see Judge hit home runs. They want to see. They want to see Corey Kluber pitch twelve strikeouts in a game. This is what people so, want to see, and it's it's getting good ratings for baseball. And plus the uh, the approach hitting. There's no two strike approach anymore. Only Joey Votto does it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So they're always going for the long ball. And tonight, um, 
the Yankees will be playing the Mets in the Subway Series. And let's see if the home run hitting continues. I know it's um, it's a big what's the word I'm looking for? It's a it's a big I'll I'll say factor. It's a big factor into how dominant the league has been this season. It's really been a home runner strikeout league. And uh, James Montefusco has joined us here in the studio. James, how's it going? What's up, guys? How are you guys doing? Oh, so, sorry. Your mic wasn't on. No one heard you. <laughs> what's up, guys? So, <laughs> some show James now joins myself, Chris Klimazewski, and Mike Dawes here in the studio. Um, and James, uh, we just did our team of the week, and we're talking about the Yankees now. I'll let you get your headphones squared away. And who is your team of the week? Um, Throw you right into the fire here. Why not? Team of the week. Well, I was going to go with the Mets if they swept the Nats. Mm. Um, just because they're going to sweep the Nats. Right. Um, but I really didn't have a team of the week this week for some reason. I went with France. Okay. Mike, you went with? I went the Red Sox. I wasn't aware of this. The segment. Red Sox. So I was like, Red Sox, I don't know. And Chris went with the Dodgers because mm. of the Manny Machado trade. Like that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if if you have one during the show, let us know, and we'll you know, I'm going to go with France, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? I like that. Um, yeah, France wins another World Cup. Great for them. Uh, enough on soccer though, because we know Chris Please. is uh, grimacing over there. <laughs> I know Mike is too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm weeping right now. Um, but the Yankees, look, I'm really excited for them in the second half and what they can do as a team, as a baseball fan. Uh, they're going to be very fun to watch. I'll be at the game next uh, Friday night. So, looking forward to that. And tonight, the Subway Series, it will be Luis Severino. I believe he's 13-2, and 14-2. It's 13 to 14 wins. Right. I, I think it's 14-2. I think two, it yeah. is 14-2 with an ERA of 1.98. Or, excuse me, that's what he had before the All-Star break. We'll get that number up there in just a second. Um, and he'll be... Luis Severino will actually, excuse me, my mistake, he will not be pitching in this series. Yeah, I, I, little error on the script there. Yeah, so they were giving him the weekend off. Yeah, it'll be Syndergaard versus German, which we talked about last segment. But let's actually, now that we have uh, Luis Severino, let's talk about him and Review, what he can do. And Luis Severino this season... In my opinion, the best pitcher in the American League should have started the All Star game. Fourteen and two record, an ERA of two point three one. He's got one hundred forty four strikeouts. That's incredible. He and is his incredible. his WHIP is barely over one, barely one point zero one. And hitters in all are hitting two oh nine against him, and he's only given up ten home runs the whole season. That that might be the most impressive thing playing in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And the AL East, I mean, those are some not pitcher ballparks You're there. Playing the Red Sox wow. a lot. You're playing Toronto a lot. Yep. And let's backtrack a little bit. Um, in our last show, one of the pitchers potentially auditioning for the Yankees, J.A. Happ, for the Toronto Blue Jays. That was back when we had our last show on July 5th. And that, <laughs> the J.A. App project against the Yankees. Scrolling down to the game here, um, that was actually on Friday, July 6th, right before um, they took the break for the All-Star. The Blue Jays won that game 6-2, to two, and Hap actually had a pretty decent game. Um, so definitely 
a good start for Happ, and we'll see if he comes to the Yankees. Other guys as well that the Yankees might be looking at, like a Cole Hamels or Danny Duffy. I don't know. who. Which, which arm do you think the Yankees get? There's only two arms I think that the Yankees should go after in in the free agency. I mean, um, in the at the trade deadline, Madison Bumgarner mm-hmm. and Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels ha- is the lefty they need in their in their rotation. If because because we don't know what Sabathia is going to do, so they need a lefty. Right. He's proven he can pitch in the playoffs. He's a World Series champion, and he's not awful. He's not awful. I mean, well, the World Series was like a decade ago, and but he's been he, but he's pitched in the playoffs before, and that's the experience the, they need. Because you saw Severino wasn't, I mean, he did good in the playoffs last year. Sabathia, did, I mean, these are all I wouldn't say flukes, but like you don't know what you're going to get out of Sabathia this year. You don't know what you're going to get out of Tanaka. Oh, all right. Uh- Tanaka was so good last year in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and so was Sabathia. I yeah, exactly. Let you get away with both. No, that I, was ridiculous. no, I, I agree with you there. But I'm saying is you don't know what you're going to get out of them again because they looked like Cy Young winners when they were pitching in the playoffs last year. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, look, we'll see who the Yankees may possibly trade for. Uh, Question. Yes. Answers. They want a trade. Do you think it's just talk and they won't trade for a pitcher? I mean, there's that possibility, but I really do think they're seriously considering an arm to, in order to get to where they want to be. They the need series. to. I think it's a must-do at this point if you're on the Yankees because you know, you're looking at the other teams out there and their rotations. The Cleveland Indians have a better rotation than the Yankees. Yeah. Astros, for sure. Boston Red Sox, Houston Astros. Man, the Houston, you're talking about Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander. I mean, Keuchel, I know Keuchel's had a down year, but McCullers and Morton. It's crazy. Man, that's that's a really, really solid five. Yeah. Had. And back to the Madison Bumgarner thing. The Giants are over 500, four games out. They're not trading Bumgarner. So I'm not calling you an idiot, but, I mean, you're not a smart guy with that. And also, uh, <laughs> the Yankees have, as gross as it sounds, the Yankees have so many good prospects, they're going to have to start trading some because eventually after time you're going to have to protect them to keep them on your 40-man roster. So they're going to have to deal some away eventually. So I think getting like a J-Hap is yeah. probably smart. You're talking about who teams may trade. Um, Tommy Mack actually pitched in a comment about the Mets and who they might trade. Tommy Mack, former co-host of the show, he said the Mets will only trade players on expiring contracts. He Maybe. thinks the Mets will have a new GM, not one of the three running the show by next year, and then he'll end up making the big moves. Because Callaway, I understand, it's his first year as a manager, but you got to think, Tommy Mack and a lot of other people think that Callaway is on the hot seat, and with that being said, the Mets won't trade anybody away that does not have an expiring contract. I think... Hot take here. I think that if you, they do bring in a new GM, I think Callaway is out the door. I mean, yeah, you gotta let the new GM pick his own guy. Exactly, yeah. I mean, as much as I like Mickey Calloway, I still think he has a lot of potential in him, uh, in him to be a good manager. Yeah. But if a new guy is coming into the helms of GM, I think yeah. Calloway's out the door. Calloway's out the door. Calloway, Calloway is now back in his uh, pitching. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get a yeah. pitching coach job. Yeah, maybe he'll get a pitching we'll coach see. job. Well, what, then what are you going to do with Dave Island, though? Yeah, it's kind of like well, yeah. somewhere else. I'm, yeah. I'm sure they won't demote him. They'll just be like, goodbye. Right. 
Um, well, we, we said goodbye to Kevin Long, and look at what ha- what happened there. My thoughts for the Yankees, regardless of what they do with the deadline, they're not getting past the Astros. No, that's just plain and simple. They're not getting past the Astros. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. They Correct. have to. They have. They'll to. make the ALCS. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But not the Astros. They're not going to no, beat them. Exactly. And I, they did, they did bring in Stan NL MVP, which bol- bolstered their. Uh, lineup right. tremendously, and and Duhar and Torres are playing out of their mind right now, yeah. and so is uh, Hicks. But you're not gonna win the ALCS with a rotation like that. No, who who's, who are you gonna have to rely on? Sonny Gray? No, he's not gonna be in your rotation. Sabathia possibly Tanaka if he's healthy, mm-hmm. and who, who's the other one? Domingo Herman. Well, their their playoff rotation would be Severino Sabathia. Assuming they trade for somebody, that guy, and then whatever last name you said. Hey, but exactly, and you look at the Astros rotation, they have... Oh, it's not even close. Exactly. Not it's, even close. It's, and there's not a move they could do to even compete with it. No. And that, Well, that's why I brought up Madison Bumgarner. Well, the Giants wouldn't trade him. Yeah, exactly, but I'm just saying. Right, well, yeah. It's been out there. It's been fluttered out there. <laughs> to, to wrap up baseball here... Um, Big games tonight, obviously, the Mets and the Yankees, the Subway Series. Uh, you have the Nationals and the Braves in Washington at Nationals Park. You have the Astros at the Angels. The Dodgers and the Brewers, two first-place teams going at it. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, and then you got Colorado at Arizona. So a lot of big games tonight. Oh, and San Francisco at Oakland, too. Interleague matchup. Ooh, Ooh steamy. You guys going to mm-hmm. stay up late to watch that one? Uh, no. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these Western teams don't get exposure, you know, to the average fan, whether you're in the central time zone, the east time zone. So it'll be interesting to see what well, happens. And that that brings up the whole thing with Mike Trout on how, like, yeah. no one knows who Mike – well, not know, no one knows who Mike Trout is, but he's not – putting himself out there. You he know? plays late at night for, exactly. for us. yeah, For us, at least. I mean, probably on the West Coast, he'll be like, oh, my gosh. He's right. like a Mike, – you see Mike Trout walking down the street. It's like, yeah. oh, my gosh. But over here, it's just like you don't really know. Whether you know? you're in Florida, Virginia, New York, Indiana, you, know, you may not know who Mike Trout is. Like, oh, you know who Trout is, but you may not think of him as the top player top in the league. Yeah. A guy like Bryce Harper may come into mind. Cause or Judge, just, you know. Him. Or Judge or Stan, right. you know. Yeah, flashy guys. Well, Harper's the flashy guy with his stupid hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> On that note, Mike, we're yep. going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk some NBA free agency. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Chris Klimazewski, Mike Dawes, James Montefusco here in the studio. It is 6.20 Eastern Daylight Time. Hello, Dylan Silva. How are you? Thank you for watching our Facebook Live video. Uh, hope you're, uh, I'm not sure if you're still in China, but uh, glad to see you watching. Um, all right, so quick update, actually. We thought we were done with baseball. We are not. We have one update. The St. Louis Cardinals have defeated the Chicago Cubs 18-5. to Cardinals first baseman Matt Carpenter goes 5-for-5 with three dingers, two doubles, seven RBIs. That's six more than Dom Smith has had this season. 
<laughs> one game. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, game. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I had to. That's a great stat line. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. Um yeah, you know, that's that's pretty insane. Start off the second half of the season. Let's get into NBA free agency though. Um the hot news right now is Spurs forward Kawhi Leonard has been mm-hmm. traded to the Toronto Raptors. In the deal was Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green going to Toronto for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Patel, former I think he played for the Utah Utes in college and a 2019 first round pick. Did you guys see the farewell tweets for Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green? There was a big stink made on that, how Kawhi Leonard's farewell tweet was significantly smaller than Danny Green's, and there was no exclamation point. Uh, look, Kawhi wanted out of San Antonio. Pop tried to keep him. Kawhi wanted out, but he doesn't want to be in Toronto either. Oh, I love how he said, I want to be a Laker. Popovich goes, oh yeah? Different country. See ya. Gets traded to the Raptors. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's not a fan of that location. I love Pop. Me too. This was probably the, the you never saw two guys so dis so sad yeah. after a trade in my life. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan felt betrayed by the Raptors and Kawhi flat out said before he got traded, I do not want to go to Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean I kind of feel bad for DeMar. I think but I think he's gonna flourish in San Antonio. Kawhi Leonard, on the other hand, I don't know what he's going to do because there's still rumors that he might not even play this season. Right. <laughs> but and then there's also the thing is what has been said: you don't play, you don't become a free agent. So <laughs> should be like that. Makes yeah, sense. it should make it perfect sense. I mean, he's should, he should play. And now that the Raptors have Kawhi Leonard, I mean, you look at this roster up and down; it's probably going to be uh, Lowry, Green, Leonard. Abaka and uh, Valanciunas. Valanciunas. That's a nice starting five. And one thing, you know, that's kind of lost in this trade is longtime Spur Danny Green, uh, Long Island kid, North Babylon product. Really? Wow, I didn't know that. Wow, you guys didn't know didn't that. Didn't know that. I only knew. I only. Th- I only thought Tobias Harris. Danny Green went to North Babylon High School. Wow. Fun fact. What do you think about that? Hey, that was, was that always, was you know what that was know, fun. See that fun fact was actually fun. <laughs> I I did have fun with right. that fact. <laughs> I, had, I had lots of fun with that fact. Now <laughs> let's not have let's not have a little too much fun with that fact. Uh, Danny Green, one of the best three point shooters in the league, uh, you know, great player for the Raptors to have. But realistically, I think the Spurs got the better of this trade. I understand Leonard's a top two, top three player in the league, but you got Demar Derozan, who, in all likelihood, will stay in San Antonio. Uh, when his, whenever his contract is up, but there's no way Leonard is staying in Toronto after this year. He's going to become a free agent, and he's going to want to go to a team like L.A., maybe Houston, Golden State. Who knows? Oh, yeah. no. You know, I was talking to someone the other day about this, and he said the only the only way this kind of would make sense because, like Tom, like you said, the Spurs definitely won this trade. Is if Toronto sends Kawhi Leonard to either one of the L.A.'s, Clippers or the Lakers, for people mm. back. It only makes, because he wants to be in L.A., he would re-sign with one of the L.A. teams, but you would have to see what you would could get back from, from one of the teams. You know what would have made this trade funnier? It's funny you bring that up, Chris. If Kawhi Leonard pop sends Leonard to the Clippers, hey, you want to go in L.A.? Here you go. Play with <laughs> Doc Rivers. Great. That would have been funny. Marching Gortat, I don't know who else they have. Uh, Tobias Harris. Not Austin Rivers. No. Danilo Gallinari, no, Shai Gillis-Alexander. Yeah, they have a lot of... I like him. ...under-the-radar guys on that team. Uh, 
the Raptors GM actually apologized to DeMar DeRozan. Um, I can't even pronounce his name. <laughs> Sorry. Um, because Leonard d- does not want to be in Toronto, and DeMar DeRozan felt like he did not get the proper send-off. DeMar DeRozan's an all-star every year, in and out. He's an all-star. Well, I felt like DeMar, DeMar DeRozan feels sta- like he was stabbed in the back. Like that, right. that, Toronto was his team. Toronto was his town. Well, not his town. It's Drake's town. Mm-hmm. But oh, he, he was... He, he, he was, the number two, he was the number two man there, obviously. But he just loved everything about being in Toronto. Right. And then out of the clear, well, not out of the clear blue sky, but they trade him away like he was nothing. And so, it's just like, what the hell, man? To be honest, when, when, when I think Toronto, you may disagree, but I thought of DeMar DeRozan more than Kyle Lowry. Absolutely, I I was gonna say he's not the two over there. Oh, I was talking about Drake being. Well, the I already argue oh, that Drake. as well. Yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> of course. Um, so DeRozan is in San Antonio, where he'll play with Rudy Gay, Dejounte Murray, Lamarcus Aldridge, Marco Bellinelli, who was signed in off season, and Lonnie Walker. Let's not forget Lonnie me. Walker. Look, people are writing off the Spurs. You're in a very stacked West, but San Antonio, I think, is still a stable team. I don't think they'll make it out of the first round of the playoffs again, but just with how stacked the West is, but I, I think they'll be a contending team. I think I think this is good for Lonnie Walker in general because, excuse me, Lonnie Walker is also a shooting guard, just like DeMar DeRozan. Right. Even if DeMar DeRozan's there for, th- say, three more years and he goes sign somewhere else, yeah. Lonnie Walker gets to learn under one of the best, possibly, arguably the best shooting guard in basketball right now, and... Then Lonnie Walker becomes the man over there in San Antonio. Right. And he's only, what, 19? Yeah. And San Antonio notorious for developing guys. Exactly. The they are. And yeah. also, the uh, with the DeRozan and the uh, loyalty with the Raptors, when he was a free agent, he wouldn't even meet with any other team except for Toronto first. And then. Yeah, exactly. That's he why he got betrayed. The, the his Instagram that night was just like he was like I ne- can't never felt so betrayed like there's no loyalty in the NBA anymore it's just yeah and I agree with him I mean he's your he's literally your best player and you just stab him in the back and trade him away yeah look um I have really one hot take on Kawhi Leonard and Ooh, I may piss a, I make this <laughs> a, a few people off about saying this. Back then, you didn't choose. You didn't really get a chance to choose where you want. If you were traded, you had to deal with the team yeah. you were traded to. Totally Kawhi Leonard doesn't realize how great of an opportunity this is for him, how he can become. All these guys are going to the West. Kawhi Leonard, I feel like, would just get lost in the West. Kawhi Leonard could be the new face of the Eastern Conference, but no, he's got to be a little baby and make all this noise yeah. and blame it on Greg Popovich, one of the best coaches of all time, and go out like a baby. No, you, He didn't t- want to be in San Antonio. That could have been his team. He could have been the next Tim Duncan there. Instead, he wants to cry like a baby, goes to Toronto, and he's going to be bouncing around his whole career. You said, you, yeah. Tom, you, you nailed it and right there. And I am there. pissed off at Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it on the head there. I mean, he goes to Toronto, which is not a bad city to go to. It's 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 New York's Canada. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so he, and he can flourish in a town like that. You got Drake there, which is fine. Oh, my. It's a, it's a nice. It's a, it's a nice. He's it's, bringing up he's Drake. Bringing up Drake. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good part. I mean, you tell him. Get it? You get sad at night and cry listening to Drake. We're I do. I do not do that I, at I all. Can't, I can't process this. <laughs> and honestly, I hope the Sixers win that division after ooh, Leonard's ooh, comments. Ooh, hold on. Hold the phone. Well, I don't think the six. I, mean. I don't think the Sixers are going to win what it I meant at to all. Say was the Celtics right? 
I think the Celtics That's what yeah. I meant to say. And, you know, this Kawhi Leonard thing, just like Kyrie when he was like, I don't want to play with LeBron, and he had no right. He doesn't have a no trade. He has no right to demand a trade, and they basically forced Cleveland to give him up. And that's what quiet. Screw Ka- Kawhi Leonard. See, it, it, in play, it, it, this is why the NBA is, like, I guess you could say a joke. Because you have players like this and just like, oh, I don't want to play here anymore. Send me this way. J- uh, people forget in the NFL, Jamie Collins got wanted to be the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. You know what happened to him? Got traded to the Browns. Look, <laughs> got traded to the Browns. That's, you, what, that's what the Patriots do thought. Do you know how many people in this country overseas would kill to be on an NBA team? Just to sit on the bench and never get in the game. Yeah. I'll take Waterboy. Look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Anything could be in the NBA. I'm in. <laughs> Tommy the Mag McNamara's comment. Oh, man, I'm going to give that one a like. Uh, very. Uh, he gave up on his team and his teammates last year, and he sure did. Sure did. I, yeah. I think he was healthier than what he was saying he was. He could have played. You know, San Antonio, maybe, you know, they. I don't think. I mean, they were playing the Warriors, but. They're a veteran team. Yes, they're old, but Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard's a moron. But I feel like this is anybody in the NBA. Anybody yeah. that wants to make a big name or is a big name. If they don't get their way, right, they're being a baby about it. Look, so in, in some aspects, I feel like you're going to have to look at the bigger picture and be like, if this is what the how everybody's doing it to get attention, I might as well do the same. Right, you because know? everyone is like, all right, Le- LeBron James's life is a movie, right? Yeah. He starts out in Cleveland, he goes to Miami, back to Cleveland and over to L.A. Living four years in Miami, now in L.A., his life is a movie, and everybody wants to be like LeBron James now because what he's doing is cool, and everyone wants to be cool like LeBron James. There's no definition of cool. No, there's not. Play your game, win. It doesn't yeah. matter. You, you want to become can, a fan you favorite? You can win in Toronto. You want to become a fan favorite? You win. Exactly. You, you don't go around, oh, I want to be on the Warriors. I want That's not a fan favorite. I give favorite. Kawhi Leonard zero credit because when San Antonio made the finals, it was because of the trio of Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili. They knew how to solve the recipe in 2014 to beat LeBron James and the Miami Heat, and it was good coaching. There was no one star of that team. Yes, Kawhi Leonard got the MVP, but... I, I really don't think he'll be able to rise up to the occasion in Toronto like people think he will because he doesn't want to be there. He can if he sets himself to it, but he's too messed up in the head. You know, he wants everything handed to him on a silver platter. That's not going to happen in this league. Well, he wants everything handed to like everybody else was handed to. Right. And the thing is, when you make this publicly known, like LeBron James is going to get what he wants at the end of the day. You know, I, I I hate to say yeah. it. He's the best player on the planet. He's the second best of all time. Um, Ooh, man. Hot take. Yeah, that we is agree. that is a hot take. Uh, another trade we got to talk about. Carmelo Anthony has been traded to the Atlanta Hawks in a three-team deal. This trade just confuses me. Uh, this was such a bad trade by the Hawks. <laughs> let, let's go over the, the specifics of this trade. So... <laughs> the Thunder deal mellow to the Hawks. The okay. Hawks will waive him, and they will buy him out full, in full. Smart. They, it, well, I mean, I, I Who would like buy Mello Mello out in full? The better question is, why, why? why are you trading Dennis Schroeder, who, was almost, who averaged almost 20 points a game last year, 
for a player you're just going to waive. They had a lot of problems with him last year. And the Thunder are going to be better because oh, yeah. Schroeder will play in the backcourt with Westbrook, kind of like what ooh. Holiday and Rondo did in New Orleans. Uh, I, I think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to come off the bench because I think, so. I think he's going to go say once Russell and Paul George go onto the bench, who's there? Uh, who's coming off that bench for the or uh, the Thunder? No one really. You put you, you put Dennis Schroeder on when Russell when Russell comes off. That's steamy. And look, I think Steven Adams has gotten to the point where he can be the third star of that mm-hmm. team. Love Steven Adams. He's good. Great facial he, hair. He gets a double-double <laughs> every night. Every night. And he's, he's tough. He is an old-fashioned smash-mouth center mm-hmm. that knows how to play this game. Yeah. He's not the type of guy that's going to shoot three-pointers behind the line and avoid contact like a lot of these guys like to do. He, he doesn't shoot three-pointers. He gets inside and does the dirty work. That Love not it. necessarily comes up in the stat sheet every night, but... He's very efficient, and he gets the job done. Uh, yes, that's a good point. Schroeder may come off the bench as a sixth man. But let's get back to this trade. So we said Mello goes to the Hawks. The Hawks will wave him and buy him out. Schroeder goes to the Thunder, along with Luawu Kabarit from the Sixers. Of course. The Hawks get Justin Anderson from the Sixers and a lottery-protected 2022 first-round pick from the Thunder. And Philly gets Mike Mascala from Atlanta, who's coming home. Mascala, a Bucknell product. Mm. Um, and the Hawks will buy out Anthony in full, and the Rockets are front runners to sign him. Oh. It, it, yes, James? Where does Philly come into this? Yeah, I, 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 I listen to so you, and I'm like... The trade is so confusing. I was, I, I was looking it up. Like, I got confused reading this trade. NBA trades, it's why it the no protected sense. picks, like, I'm out on all of that. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, w- what does Philly have to do with it? Like, it's between two other teams and a pick. Oh, God, oh, the man. NBA <laughs> joke. And, uh, NBA Twitter that night, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony getting $25 million not to play is finesse central. I mean, what that, a move by that, him. That's the best deal next to Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. I would say it's better because Melo <laughs> was just bad enough to get bought out. <laughs> but like just good enough to get another contract with probably Houston. Bad. I and yeah, but Bad. Tom, I agree with you there. I th- I think he's going to end up in Houston because I was looking at the Houston ro- Houston's roster. They only have nine guys on the roster. Yeah, and n- I'm not saying Carmelo's good, but he could start on Houston's roster the way it looks right now because yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they lost they lost Ariza. They lost Ariza. And, they, and ba, they, ba Mute. They mm-hmm. lost Ba Mute, and I don't, I don't think Clint Capella is signing back. Mm. He's, mm-hmm. he's the best free agent left. He is, and I don't, I don't think he's coming back to Houston. So Carmelo literally fits in that line because I think it's uh, Ryan Anderson playing the power forward and P.J. Tucker playing the s- small forward. The problem with Melo, he would serve best coming off the bench, but his ego like will not exactly. allow he, it. He'll, he, so he has, to, he so has to learn that he is not the talent he used to be, and he has to come off the bench. My thing is this. Now who is your center with Capella gone? Who starts at center? Someone. I don't think that's a question that could be answered right now. Someone. I think you need to re-sign Capella over Melo. I think Capella is more valuable to this team than Melo could be. Definitely is. The chemistry would get ruined, and look, Houston might take a downfall despite having Harden and Paul because you lost Ariza. Ariza did a lot of things that didn't come up in the stat sheet. He locked down every team's best player. Okay. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA, and Ariza was part of the reason why Houston got as far as they did. Yeah. Okay. Who's the? Who, okay, let's everyone take some guesses. 
Who's the who's the without Clint Capella on the roster right now? Who's the uh, the Houston Rockets starting center? Nay nay. Oh yeah, Tom wins. The thing is, I did that. Yeah, it's um, all, okay, yeah. It was, it's Nene. So, I yeah. mean, they have to sign back Clint Capella, and they definitely, have to, I think, Melo fits, uh, best fits in Houston. Look, Houston doesn't have the worst situation. I think L.A. needs to figure out who the hell is going to start for them. I, oh, the, it, the Lakers. If Carmelo goes to the Lakers, it's a bad, bad move. Were you guys here at the Lakers. signing the Lakers did an hour ago? Who'd they sign? Breaking Ooh. news. Uh, Michael Beasley? What That's a good signing. Yeah. What? That Michael is a good signing. He signed. Uh, Beasley is off the market. One year, three point five mil deal. Sorry, Knicks. You know you couldn't grab three million to resign him, but you could spend six and a half on Mario Hazonia. Who? You can't sign Michael Beasley, who is your leading scorer behind Kristaps Porzingis. This is a great. This is a great, great deal for the Lakers. He'll so, come. Oh he'll come off the gosh. bench for the Lakers, and he's going to put up twenty points a game. The Probably. Knicks don't want to yeah. get better. <laughs> Real realistically, true. ten to fifteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Realistically, ten to fifteen. Look, but that's great coming off the bench. The Lakers have put in work this off season. I mean, look. Yes, you talk about LeBron, but let's talk about other than LeBron what they've done. They re-signed Contavious Caldwell Pope, which I think is a good move. He can shoot. I don't think bringing Rondo in was a smart move at all, unless he's going to back up Lonzo Ball. Mm, I don't yeah. think it was a smart move. JaVale McGee was an excellent move because you know Lopez isn't coming back. Lopez signed with the Bucks, I think. Ooh, don't um, know, but probably. Lopez, not. I have no idea. Because Lopez is not coming back. McGee is going to start at mm-hmm. center, most likely. And then they also got um, Lance Stevenson, who will come off the bench as well, I think. And then you're surrounding that with young talent like Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Kyle Kuzma. Let's not forget Josh Hart. And either. Josh Hart, who was the MVP, MVP of the Summer yeah. League for the second straight year. Second straight Lakers point guard to win that. Yeah. Lots yeah, so, I mean, sure. if this, I think this, right. this young roster is going to be very good. I mean, I still have, I have lots of faith in Lonzo still. Mm-hmm. Of course. Ben Ingram is, I think, Brandon, Ing- not, uh, Brandon Ingram, I think he still has a lot of potential in, yeah. in him to grow. Josh Hart just won the MVP of the Summer League, so, I mean, yeah. there's your, right there. And Kuzma, I I love Kuzma. I think he's fantastic. Um, if you add Melo into this lineup, which I really hope the Lakers don't do, it's just a huge bust. Honestly, he won't even start no. in this team. Mm-hmm. And how no. about the most perfect guy to put around your young players, Carmelo Anthony? Exactly. Like, this is how you quit, guys. This is the <laughs> easiest way. <laughs> yeah. Can't, I I I do not. I'm so biased. Um. So who will start for the Lakers? Look, I'll take my crack at it right now. Lonzo and LeBron are two locks. Yeah. I think JaVale McGee is the third. And I think at power forward, it might be Kuzma. It's going to be Kuzma. And then I think the fifth spot goes to Brandon Ingram. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Even though Ingram, a six nine shooting guard, I mean, it's going to be a big lineup. It's going to be a very big lineup because Ingram is six nine, LeBron is six eight, Kuzma is six nine, and then JaVale McGee is six eleven, seven feet tall. That's a wall right there. And then you got Lonzo, yeah. who's like what six five, six yeah, six, a, six six. This might be one of the biggest starting lineups in the league too. I, it you know, might, it might be the biggest. And then you have, there, you have, but my sorry, Chris, my my concern is this: there's no traditional shooting guard in in the lineup. There isn't. No, it's. But you off the bench, you have Stevenson. So you have uh, Stevenson coming off the bench. Shooting have, might be a concern, like out per- perimeter shooting for this team. Josh Harkin called the Caldwell Pope. Josh Harkin shoot the three too. I don't think Hon- honestly. Yeah. Caldwell Pope might start a shooting. Yeah, 
and then bring Ingram <sighs> off the bench. And then or bring Kuzma off the bench. Yeah, so you gotta bring someone. Gotta Some, get one of the size guys. Or Josh, Josh Hart Josh Hart off the bench. Well, well Hart, Hart's be, gonna be on the bench. Yeah. Rondo will be on the bench. Yeah. Either Ingram or Kuzma. I think Pope is gonna start. They didn't re-sign him for that much to sit on the bench. You know, I still but you know what? It's funny. We talk about all who's going to sign where and all this stuff. It's all irrelevant because the Warriors are. I was just going to say, right. <laughs> yeah. say this is all irrelevant because the Warriors yeah. are just going to go back to the finals like, and win. This is just every other team just punt this year away and get row. better for next year. Yeah, get better for 2019, 2020. Um, other news Roy Hibbert retires, two time All Star, former Pacer, former Laker. He, uh, he blocked. Oh, he got dunked on by Mont Shumper that one time. Yeah. We were there. We were there. Yeah. We were there. Shumpert. Um, inter- <laughs> I will say this: the Brooklyn Nets have been doing a lot of good work this off season. Oh, uh, yeah. Whitehead is gone, which I think that was an excellent trade. I forget who they got for him. They I got think it Ken- was Freed. They, they got Kenneth Freed, some uh, Daryl Arthur, and a protected Darrell Arthur. Darrell Arthur, and, who is and a, <laughs> and a protected first round pick this year. Right. And with that being said. Uh, this just in as of last night, the Phoenix Suns have sent Jared Dudley to the Brooklyn Nets for a 2021 second-round pick for Darrell Arthur. Yeah, I mean, look, I just recently claimed myself as a Nets fan, so I'm all in on the Nets <laughs> for the rest of my life. And, and, and they and. signed Shabazz Napier. Love it. Ooh. If you're Portland, what are you thinking? I do not like what Portland has done this offseason at all. You let Ed Davis go to Brooklyn as well. And Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier and Ed Davis are former teammates off of Brooklyn's bench. And Mm -hmm. there's a good chance, if I'm Brooklyn, why don't you go sign Pat Connaughton now too? You drafted him, and he's a former bench player for the Trailblazers. And they didn't re-sign him. They got Nick Stauskas from Brooklyn. If you're Brooklyn, go out, sign Pat Connaughton, Golden Domer, who... You know, was supposed to play Major League Baseball after his junior year, but he stayed. Oh, yeah, I remember him. He averaged, you know, five to six points off the bench for Portland. He's an excellent three-point shooter. He has the second-highest vertical leap in NBA Combine history. Wow, another fun fact. Right. Tom's had, like, the funnest facts. That's not bad for a white guy, too. Ooh, wow. He's, wow, he's, white guy. White guy, white men can jump. I mean, look, <laughs> if you hear the name Pat Connaughton, what do you expect, you know? Um, yeah. Look, if you sign him... You now have Crab, also a former Trailblazer, by the way. It's going to be a yeah. former Trailblazer bench. I all they need is Damian Lillard. I'm I'm right. literally yeah. loving everything the Nets have been doing this offseason. And you forgot to mention they also traded Jeremy Lin away too. Yes, which yeah. was an excellent. They move. dumped they dumped his contract. But yeah, I get you. You bring in Kenneth Freed's contract. He's gone at the end of the season. Yeah. He's he's a free agent. And what the Nets are doing, they're preparing themselves for the 2019 uh, free agency. Mm-hmm. They can sign two max free agents. And they could sign possibly another big free not not a max contract but another good free agent in, yeah. in that. You add you so that's three free agent big free agents. You add that to D'Angelo Russell and a possible top five draft pick next year who could turn into R.J. Barrett or Zion right. Williamson. The Nets are very very close to being a very good team. Mm-hmm. I, think. I I think it's give a, give it three to five years, they'll be good. I think Brooklyn is on the path to be really good because, you know, you're looking at this lineup. You have D'Angelo Russell, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Karis LeVert, Alan Crabb, um, Shabazz Napier, Ed Davis. And the guy with the headband. Um, Jared, Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Now Great afro. Jared Great Dudley afro. as well. Yeah. Dudley, a veteran, an excellent three-point shooter. Um, 
And then don't forget, they re-signed Joe Harris. Yeah. They're very deep in the backcourt. I'm not sure all these guys will stay, but, you know, who knows? Who and knows the, what's going to happen? The thing is with the, these young guys, they all have tons of potential, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Ronda Hollis Jefferson still has tons of potential. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Ton- Dinwiddie. Yeah. Great potential. I forgot about him. And let's not- Their backcourt is stacked. Yeah, they have a lot of that, young players. I, honestly, that might be a little too much. But that creates good competition. It it does for the team itself yes. because it's like all right, we're, they're all young and they still want to all start. I love that comment by James right there. Smart guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hill, he is a recent LIU postgraduate. <laughs> I mean, I would hope so. But <laughs> um, another team that I must admit is doing very well is the Chicago Bulls. Yes, mm-hmm. they are rebuilding faster than what may expected. And they just signed Jabari Parker, who is coming home, not to England, but to Chicago. <laughs> Two-year, $40 million deal, and Jabari Parker will join a front court that already has Laurie Markkinen, Robin Lopez, and Wendell Carter Jr. I love. First of all, I love Wendell Carter Jr. I think he's going he's gonna to flourish in the NBA. And now that you add Jabari Parker and the two Duke guys, I mean, that Duke connection is real. I mean, you have... Like it's you. You can go to Duke yeah. ten years apart, and you guys are like instantly like best friends. Like yeah, yeah, that's what Coach K does over there. But you have him. You also have Zach Levine and Chris Dunn. Oh, I, Zach Levine, and they well, re-signed Zach Levine maybe for a little bit too much, but they matched the offer sheet because they wanted to keep him. They well, think he's part of the future. As of a Sacramento team. Kings fan, I was I was chapped that <laughs> no Zach Levine for me. Yeah, I really thought Zach Levine was going there, but anyway, you might get Nemanja Lajika. To the Kings, it might happen. I saw they got Yogi Ferrell, so I'm about to throw. I thought Marcus Smart was going there for a hot second. Honestly, yeah. Well, the Kings don't get nice things. I like what Brooklyn's (laughs) been doing. Chicago, Chicago's their roster. They're rebuilding quick, and they have Archie Diakono. Yes, Archie Diakono is good as well. So smart. Um, I like what I like. (laughs) I like Denver's backcourt. You know, you add Isaiah Thomas to a short-term deal. Uh, He's kind of lost a little bit of his value due to injuries, but. He joins a backcourt with Jamal Murray. So, yeah. and Denver should be a playoff team this year, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, and also, and let's not forget they did draft Michael Porter Jr. They did. If it's a messed up back. I was going to say, if he plays yeah, this year, to be honest. Uh, if if he loss. plays, that could be a great team. It could. It if really he plays and if he stays healthy, because he's top, he's top two talent. Didn't they, they, they re-signed Will Barton and yes. Nikola Jokic. Jokic, Jokic is, is one of the few big I men love that him. got a tremendous I like deal him a lot. this offseason. Five years, $158 million? Mm-hmm. Sounds like an NBA contract. Joke, yeah. yeah, $24 million a year. Crazy. Uh, and they still have Tra- they have Tyrell Lydon, who was good for Q's a couple they years ago. They have Trey Lyles? They have Trey Lyles. He's good. He's really good. Yeah. He can. He has a lot of potential, too. And he, at, what was his point? I'm sorry, lesson? Chris, but Lydon should still be in school. Yeah, I was tight well, that he left, but I mean, he had a great March Madness well, run that year, they, so they, it only made sense. They replaced him with uh, Dolezal. So yeah, oh what they got Richard Jefferson the Nuggets. What? Oh man, Richard Jefferson is still in the NBA. Rich Jeff, oh, that's man. Crazy. I love, love Richard Jefferson. Um, so Denver is a team that's on the rise. Uh, Dallas won't make the playoffs, obviously, but I like what they're doing. Ooh, Mike, they get take? You, DeAndre you? Jordan. They're gonna Dirk Nowitzki. Oh. One year, $5 million deal, closing in. Good. And uh, trading Luka Doncic. 
uh, trading for Luka, Luka Doncic. Did he get cleared yet? Can he play in the NBA? I, I don't think so. I'm not sure. The hell is this? Yeah, what the hell is this European team doing? You know, it's let crazy. the man play in the NBA. Um, Mike, um, you have a thought on Dallas? Yeah, I mean. I did not like Trey Young coming out the draft, so when they drafted him, I was like, oh, no. But then they did the smart trade, I thought. And all I know is I'm going to be smashing their over for a team win total next year because yeah. I think they will be a factor in the eight seed. A factor. Because <laughs> um, that's the West. Yeah. No, yeah. I definitely agree. The last thing we're going to talk about in terms of the NBA is what the Celtics have done this offseason. They've flown under the radar. They're mm-hmm. essentially keeping the exact same team. They re-signed Aaron Baines, which was good. Baines... I don't think he's going to start next year, but he started this year, and he played really good defense, and he was part of the reason why they took uh, Cleveland to seven games. Uh, then Marcus Smart uh, just got re-signed recently. They re-signed him four-year, $52 million deal. He got paid. Uh, did he deserve to get paid that much? I don't think so. But in order to keep him, he has a lot of value. Ooh. He's an excellent scorer. You thought he got paid too much? Well, I just don't. I like thought him. he got paid too little. I don't. I don't like his attitude. I don't think he deserves it because of his attitude. I don't like the flopping. He just he, 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 look at all the drama he caused at uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Like punched that guy or something? Yeah, he pun- punched a know. fan. From that was te- funny. Texas I remember State. that. <laughs> yeah, that he's, he, he's he's another. Uh, <laughs> But I like Marcus Smart a lot. He's a great defender. He can he can he averaged ten points a game. That coming off your bench isn't awful. Yeah, well, His talent is game. unquestionably yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I thought I thought he got he should have got paid more by any. I think any other team could have gave him more money. Um, yeah, I and then, agree. And then the Celtics they drafted. Uh, Robbie An- Robert Anderson. That's yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah, him. And apparently that's the, the steal of the draft. Yeah. Uh, so now, speaking of rematches, the NBA Summer League was going on. It was a rematch of last year's final between the Lakers and the Trailblazers. This time, Portland wins, and it was really revolved around guys like Wayne Baldwin and Zach Collins. And with Ed Davis going to Brooklyn, I think Zach Collins becomes the backup center to Nurkic this season. And Zach Collins has a tremendous future in the NBA. Uh, I really like, you know, yes, I see why, you know, Portland may have let Ed Davis walk is because of a potential rising star and Zach Collins. Yeah, I think you got to uh, you got to ride the wave of this yeah. potential player. I also Collins guy definitely. Last question: Will Porzingis be extended this summer? There's chances that it might, but I think due to his injury, he will not. I say, I say no. But I shouldn't be saying no because no would be the smart move for the Knicks. Knicks don't do smart things. So, you know what? I like Scott Perry. I, I don't know. I don't know. Eh. I have no idea. I also like Scott Perry, but if the Knicks want to try and go get Jimmy Butler and Kyrie in the, in the offseason, they can't, they can't give Porzingis a big contract. They have mm-hmm. to try and get – they still have to try and get rid of Noah. Impossible. At, which is going to be impossible to do. And they have to try and get rid of Tim Hardaway or Courtney Lee. Or both. I, I think they could trade Courtney Lee. I think they should trade yeah. Tim Hardaway because if you really think about it, there's no there's no space for him if um if Kyrie and Jimmy come next year because you have Dude, no one's coming to the Knicks. If no Ky- one wants to play here. Look, I'm not I'm not a Knicks fan anymore, so I keep forgetting. <laughs> so Ky- if Kyrie say Kyrie and Jimmy do come here, it's gonna be Kyrie, Jimmy, Kevin Knox, Porzingis. And Ennis Cantor, and you're starting five. Yeah, but here's the problem. Courtney Lee is going to go before Hardaway 
Yeah. Hardaway was the second best player on the team last year. Yeah. yeah. Behind Porzingis. Um, so let's transition to the NFL. We're only going to do the first half of the block because we are short on time. Uh, let's just talk about some moves here. The Giants and Jets training camp both begin next week. Giants start July 25th. The Jets veterans report on July, uh, July yes, July 26th. Very exciting. Uh, the Jets have just waived Devin Smith. About time. Um, yeah. Now, and the New York Giants um, drafted Sam Beal in the NFL supplemental draft. Now, Sam Beal was supposed to be a top prospect in next year's draft, but due to an injury, he never played one snap this season, and the Giants took him. He was supposed to go in the first round of next year's draft. They took him in the third round of the supplemental draft. I thought that was interesting because the Giants need a slot corner. They don't have it. Yeah. And James, you and me, two Giant fans here, we're looking at Jack Rabbit. Who else is there besides Jack Rabbit right now? I mean, Eli Apple is, is <laughs> yeah, okay. our number two corner. What they really need to do is probably go. And they after... have Saquon Barkley's roommate and Grant Haley from Penn State. What Another re- fun fact. That wasn't as fun. I, I, I'm, I'm having a fun time with this. Barkley's facts. roommate. Ah, that was the, the, the other two facts. Well, well, way more fun. Hold on, hold on. Don't disrespect. Maybe this, this will be fun. <laughs> there, there was one practice that started at 10 a.m. Saquon Barkley and Grant Hilly were there at 8:30 in the morning. That's fun. That's yeah. fun. That, that, That's that fun. was fun, James. I think uh, they should look at bringing DRC back. Yes, because he's a veteran and yes. he's cheap. He is north of 30. And he's not going to make much, and he can help this team out, kind of like what Sam Madison, R.W. McCorders, did a few years ago. And he knows half the guys on the team as it is. Just yeah. bring him back, sign him one-year deal, whatever it is, you know, something cheap where you get him, and then he grooms Eli Apple, hopefully, to being a better guy, and then so and then grooms somebody else, and then whatever happens, happens. He walks, he walks. Uh, see, like, I mean, me and Mike. Big time Jet fans, so I Huge. mean, I think DRC would be good just to bring him back. But I mean, I think uh, I'm pretty sure Brashawn uh, Breland is still a free agent out there. I think that's the guy you go out and sign. I think he's terrible. So let's debate that. Well, I don't want to debate a former Redskins corner, but I think he's really bad. I, I, no, Every I, time he was on TV, he was getting burnt by like. Yeah, but he was also the, he was also the number. Uh, he wasn't the number one actually. I lied. Norman was. The one. Yeah, I know. I forgot Norman was there. But I I think that he still has potential. But he's twenty six years old. Yeah, he still has yeah, he still true. he still has some good potential in him. And I think with the Giants now, with and he, he I don't think he could flourish. But I mean, he'll be a nice. Uh, how do I say this? Peace. Peace, yes. Peace to the puzzle. Yeah, for them to just hold on on how bad their secondary was last. As year. As long as he's, I mean, if he's definitely not like a lockdown corner like Jack Rabbit on some games. Yeah. If he's like a decent player where he will not let up long balls like every single play mm-hmm. then yeah I say go for him yeah. uh, Jack Rabbit's brother reportedly killed somebody yeah in, in his Yikes. house so yeah. yeah it's just crazy you know th- th- these people uh, carry guns in their house and a lot of how people get killed in their houses the guns accidentally go off yeah you know it, it's not like intended shooting it, it's yeah. just they go off you know people walk around with you know, guns in their pockets sometimes, but I don't know. That's just that's it's weird for me. But um, news for the Jets: Darrell Rivas retires after 11 years in the NFL. He was a seven-time Pro Bowler for four different teams. Uh, Chris and Mike, what are your thoughts on Rivas's career and him retiring at this stage? Mike, you go first. Uh, love Rivas. I mean, 
<laughs> we all saw what he did with the Chiefs last year. It was it was time. It might have been time like three years ago, some would say. But all-time Jet, he'll be the ring of, ring of honor. I'd imagine he's an NFL Hall of Famer. Yeah. He mm-hmm. had, I think, four of the best seasons a corner has ever had. Oh, like, yeah. ever. Especially that 09 season. Oh. Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, Mike, you nailed it on the head there. I mean. Thanks. <laughs> Darrell Revis is a -a one-of-a-kind player. You won't see players like Darrell Revis every day. I mean, he transcended the the cornerback position. I mean, Mm. he's the reason people in teams went out and drafted cornerbacks in the top 12 of picks because he he just did what he did. That 2009 and 2010 season was just... Two, it was insane, fantastic football. And as a kid play who played football, who played defensive back, yeah, it was great watching because it was just like, oh my gosh, like we play the same position. I like, and I almost like idolized my game after his. So yeah. it was great to being and being able to watch him put the Jets into the AFC Championship two years in a row was just fantastic to yeah. watch. Um, yeah. So NFL lost a great one, and I think Revis at one time was hands down the best corner in the National Football League. Hands down. And yeah. it was the same year the Giants went out and drafted Aaron Ross. Huh. Who? Yeah. Thank you. Well, he had a good rookie year. Aaron he Ross. had a good rookie year. But then, then that was it, though. It that was it. <laughs> also, it went, it went I think he was doing. Terrell Thomas was around doing Giant stuff. Yeah. Remember that old Terrell Thomas with Giant Lord. fans. Terrell Thomas. Um, Corey Webster, if we talk about giant cornerbacks. Corey Webster. Corey Webster. Yeah. Corey Webster was good. He had that interception. He was decent. Tom Colfin's face was going to fall off in Green Bay. Yeah. Classic. Um, oh, classic. <laughs> classic. <laughs> classic. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Lawrence Tynes was part of that as well. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> oh, great game. Great game. Speaking of games, as you know, the new Madden game is coming out on August 10th. It's and booming. Pittsburgh Steeler Antonio Brown will take place of the cover. Oh wait, time. I like I'm, this. I'm sorry, I just forgot to mention one thing. Uh, sure. I don't know if you guys saw. Back to Revis. He's he is going to retire a Jet. He's going to sign a one. He's nice. going to no. He, he's going to sign the one day contract so he can retire as a Jet. So great I thought nice. th- thought that was pretty cool. We didn't. I forgot great, to mention great that. Added. Props. Thank you. Yeah, I, why, to- I totally slipped my mind. Yep. That's why I make the big bucks. Uh, I wish I did. Maybe he feels bad when he went to New England. Well, he got a ring, but. So disrespectful. I mean, I was so disrespected at the time. Um, well, I mean, then you can say the same thing about Curtis Martin, you know? A.B. takes the cover of Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio Brown is basically, um, he's been the number one wide receiver in the league for the last three years, at least uh, three deba- to five debatable. years. Debatable. I don't think it's debatable. I'd put Julio Jones at number uh, one. But, yeah. but I mean, like, it's right there. 1A. It's 1A. 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 1A, 1B. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Beckham. I would have got a little mad. No, no, I don't even oh, think no. he's top three. I don't think he's top three. Odell Beckham is not even top five. Agreed. Ooh, that's coming from a Giants fan Odell, too. Odell Beckham. Oh, yeah, he's probably sixth on my list. Yeah, I, top ten definitely. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> James thinks he's top five. Uh, he's he's on the cusp of of that. I want to see what he does this season. I would say this he's, is a big season. I yeah, will say is. that because he wants that that money. Of course, but you want that money. You got to pay for the pay. For Sorry, play for the money. Yes. You're not just going to get handed to him. I'm sorry. Not with the new Giants organization. I like what Dave Gettleman is doing. Yes. uh, Not giving him that contract uh, yet. So, um, speaking of the Steelers, though, there's good news and then there's bad news. Le'Veon Bell holding out, Mm -hmm. who may sit out for the first half of the NFL season. And Pittsburgh Steelers fans are rioting about it. 
good sign if you're in the AFC North. You know, if you're the Ravens, the Bengals, or the Browns, you're looking at that. Maybe this may be our chance. Well, not the Browns, but oh, maybe yeah. the Bengals and the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, you gotta are, be nice. The Ravens in. probably are the second best team in that division right now. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, not good if you're the Steelers. Again, these guys just want to get paid, and you know, Le'Veon Bell. There's been holdouts in the past, so Revis. Yeah, Revis yeah. wasn't a. Not Wes Welker. I forget. Somebody else held out. I forget who it was. But a- a- anyway, uh, yeah, Bell, th- this is not good at all for Pittsburgh. Th- I mean, this really hurts no. their stock. And, you know, they have a – Pittsburgh is a rough schedule this season. You know, they they lost to Jacksonville in the second round last year. And I think Jacksonville is the second-best team in the AFC. Yeah. I really Ooh. do. I, like I mean, I mean, according to Mike Jackson, they're going to go 16-0. And, and – well, and, and, <laughs> I don't really know if New England is the class of the AFC anymore. I'm, Will I mean, they still make the Super Bowl? Maybe, but in terms of like talent-wise. you know, It's more like smarts and brains that's getting New England there at this point than talent. I think raw talent, you got to consider Jacksonville. That defense is something else. Yeah, that's, yeah. One, that's one of the best defenses and I've seen in a long the, time. They have the classic team that wins in the playoffs. They run, and they stop the run on defense. Yeah, You know, I, I have a house in Jacksonville, and like... I'm looking at my Jaguars key to get into my Florida house. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Jacksonville Jaguars key. Fun fact. I lost the key. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I really think Jacksonville has a legit shot of making the Super Bowl this season. I really do. I just My one question is for them, the quarterback position yeah. in Blake Bortles. Um, mm-hmm. Final thoughts on Bortles and the show, guys? I like this Jaguars team. That was, that was tough. <laughs> yeah. is it? He is what he is. He'll he'll throw a picks, but I don't think he's going to lose you games at the end of the day. No. But I defense, don't think he's going out and winning you games. That's all yeah. Leonard Fournette. Defense will probably be heavily leaned on oh, yeah. for the, most of that season if they don't trade. And there are two corners. Didn't they get another top-notch corner? They got Jalen Ramsey and um, A.J. Bouye. Yes, A.J. Yeah. Bouye, who, yes, in, in, in my opinion, is a top Five to six corner in the NFL right now. He had a great season last year. Cool James. question. What does Tom Coughlin do exactly in the Jaguars? Tom Coughlin for Jacksonville. Um, I believe he's the vice president yeah. of external operations. I want to say. Okay. I thought he was the vice president he's, of football operations. He's the executive yeah. vice president of football operations uh, okay. that, for the Jacksonville title. Jaguars. He is 70. a lot of words. Well, look, that's a good job for a seventy-one-year-old to have, it who is. quite frankly has a mind of like a fifty-year-old. You yeah. know what I'm yeah. saying? He has his marbles, uh, and I think he's, he's nowhere near retiring. He's putting his, his hands in to build this defense. Tom Coughlin's going to work into his 80s, I think. I mean, yeah. if if he retires without football, he might he might just die. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on behalf of Mike Dawes, James Montefusco, Chris Klimazuski, I'm Tom Scavetta. Tune in next week. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on WCWP Sports.
Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.